What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. Hey. And that's, that's you. Get my damn sound effects in order. Kaylee, shout out to the Coach Gang. The Ten Toes Up. Feet Gang in the picture. The Nasty Boys and everybody else in the building. The Monks. Shout out to you, brothers, man, for being here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Hey, man, check me out on Spotify. Uh, one of these days, I'll get a deal. Spotify, Apple, Google, all of those places. Check me out on those. Uh, somebody said they didn't get the podcast upload. What happened over there? All right, Kaylee been slipping. She been slacking on her pimping. All right, appreciate y'all for being here. Today's topic, the, the dual mating strategy of women. All right, a lot of times we always tell you over here, you can love women or understand them. You cannot do both. You cannot do both. All right, many people, and when we say things like that, we're speaking very generally. I know there's that one guy who he has it all. All right, he has it all. I've got it all figured out, coach. All right, I know. Meanwhile, never mind, I won't talk about him. But in generally, that is true. You can either love women or understand them, you cannot do both. If you fall for women, uh, you know, in relationships, uh, and we're we're talking about relationships, we're not talking about women, but we're talking about relationship dynamics. We're mostly talking from the male perspective. So if you get in your panties all in a bunch, I don't know what to tell you. Let me just go ahead and put the banner up. Uh, viewer discretion is advised. You are choosing to watch this content. You can leave right now. I really don't give a damn. All right. But if you just want to be here to just be disagreeable in the disagree the disagreeable spirit of the Jezebel, I don't know what to tell you. All right. Don't come over here and try to prove me wrong. Even my supporters have tried to prove me wrong and I've got them. All right. Gotcha. Bitch. All right. So I got them. So um, listen, what we say over here in this is in the spirit of truth. It is in the spirit of Elijah. And we walk in the spirit of Elijah over here to expose the Jezebel. And so a lot of you guys fall in love with the Jezebel or women that are in the Jezebel spirit or in the spirit of uh, spirit of Wicca or witchcraft. And we expose these things, and a lot of times they don't know they're in the spirit of Wicca or witches or Jezebel. They walk in the spirit of Lilith, and um, we've exposed this so much, but a lot of them are walking in ignorance. They're the blind led being, being led by the blind, and they don't realize what spirit they're walking in, and they wonder why they have trouble. So we walk in the spirit of truth and Elijah over here. With that being said, you can either love women or understand them. You can't do both. If you're living for the emotional connection and emotional availability of yourself and women, you're going to be walking in a lot of misunderstanding. All right. You're not going to understand why she's going to do things. You could probably look to science. You can get evidence from men like me here. We can show you the details, the, the stats. We can show you the charts, the moons, the stars, the quasars, and you won't understand it. You'll be like, but coach, she think, but coach, what about love? And all of these things like that. And then we say, well, okay, you're walking in the spirit of you want to love your woman, which is absolutely fine. That's the choice you're willing to make. But if that's where you're going to walk, you will never walk in the spirit of understanding. You're not going to see what's going to come. You're not going to understand the bait and switch. You're not going to understand biology. You're not going to understand her hormonal imbalances or imbalance. You're not going to understand plausible deniability. You're not going to understand the damsel in distress, all of the things that we tell you that either culturally or uh, biologically she's going to experience. And um, then you're going to be in ignorance, right? And then it's going to hit you square in the face because you're going to look at the statistics, especially the statistic that I showed you yesterday, that seven, nearly 70% of marriages over a 40-year period will end in divorce. And you're going to go, well, it ain't going to happen to me. 
because I'm in love. And our love is like no other love. Coach, you just don't understand. And you've never been loved. Our love is like no other love. We're going to make it. She's 22. I'm 23. We've been together for six years. We've been in a relationship for six years, ever since 10th grade in high school. So you have no understanding. And just because you're bitter and hurt about your relationships, you don't understand our love and our love in the context of the spirit of what we've been in. You'll never get it. And you've never had it. You've never been hugged by your mother. You know what I mean? And so we say, well, you're walking in the spirit of love. At some particular point, you will get blindsided like many men and you will get a wake up call. Not to say that you're going to get divorced, but you'll get blindsided by something because we're walking in the spirit of understanding. We know what happens. You know what I mean? I've, listen, I've raised children, so I definitely know how women work. Because what happens is they are being in our society, we allow them to behave like children, right? You know, they want to be adults one minute and they want to be crying in a heap in the corner of the next minute. Then they want you to do it. Why don't you join in in our emotional availability here? Why don't you cry down in the heap? Why don't you give up on life? Why don't you make excuses and not accept accountability? Well, I can't do that. I'm a man. <laughs> All right. I can't get away with that bullshit. So I ain't got time for your kumbaya. So we walk in the spirit of understanding. And I already know when you walk in the spirit of understanding, you can see things coming in a mile away. Like when I walk outside, I see a normal woman. Y'all be, I'd be like, boy, I can see her. She's a, she's a mess. She's walking in a bad spirit. And whoever she's attached to can't see it. You know, have you ever been in love? I'm in love. Yeah. I'm in love. Love with you. Love with you. I'm in love. Yeah. Have you ever been in love? And all of the red flags that your friends can see, you can't see it. You can't see none of them. You're like, not my girl. And he'd be like, man, your girl a 304. I saw her in the parking lot of Ralph's. Uh, smuggling salami you're like not my girl that wasn't her it couldn't be her you're blinded and this is what love is it blinds you love is blind and it'll take over your mind <laughs> it's one of the sicknesses of life it is a definitely a mental illness this thing called love because the things that you'll do for love what you won't do do for love you tried everything all right, listen, the things you do for love, you would not do when you're sober. Meaning sober, you're not in love with the person. Like if this was a normal human being, they were like, here's a human being. Why don't you give up your entire life and flush your life down the toilet and buy this person a house so that if this person hates you, they can take the house from you. You would never do it. <laughs> you would never do it. You would be like, what? What do you mean? Just flush my kingdom down a toilet for this person for the chance that they'll like me into infinity. You would never do it. You would be like, huh? You wouldn't even do it for your brother or sister. The things you would do for a strange person that has come into your life six months ago, you would not even do for your own brother and sister. You'd be like, what? Your sister comes in panhandling. Perhaps I could be a surrogate. And then we can have babies and then we can have a house and car. We can move out and live off the fat of the land. And you can sign over an eternal government contract that says and stipulates. All right. Per your agreement. You know, your ass is in trouble. Per my per your agreement, per our conversation. You have a government contract that stipulates. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> you wouldn't even do it. 
You barely do it for your own mama. But you do it for this person you don't even know. You see what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. And this is why it's a mental illness uh, per se. So let's talk about this, man. Um, we do have some great stories for today. But our, did we clear out all the suckers? All right. The hurt human beings, uh, the hurt men, male human beings. Are you still here? All right. You guys are about to get your feelings hurt today. All right. Um, it says right here, uh, we do not discriminate over here. We don't promote hate or harm of anyone, not even the reading rainbow people. All right. Based on their gender relationship status or race or class. You might get your feelings hurt with class because I'm a classist. I walk in the spirit of Thanos, too. You know, Thanos was right. <laughs> we got a lot of oxygen thieves out here. And listen, for the most part, you know, it's very arbitrary how many people that I will disappear when I snap. It's arbitrary. That's the only thing about it. You know what I mean? Some good have to go. <laughs> Some people, good people will have to go. I can't help it. I can't help myself. <laughs> Some of you ham and eggers will be gone. Some of you oxygen thieves and the missing links will be gone. Some of you slack jaw, uh, slack jaw, mumble mouth, marble mouth. Some of you got to go and some good people will have to go. But I, 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 I proceed. I shall proceed to snapism. <laughs> All right. Anyway. What are we doing here? All right. Hey, look, these are the topics as we scroll. Dollar sign CGA live on the cash app. What do we got on Venmo? Coach Greg Adams TV on Venmo. Who else? Who else we got over here? Oh, PayPal. PayPal. <laughs> PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. Let me see if I can put that in. I didn't even put that in. I was running late today. I had some technical difficulties that I had to overcome this morning. All right. And my dog was delaying me anyway. We back in here, man. We on that hustle and grind. We're going to talk about, man, Generation Z in the millennial culture. Oh, boy. We're going to get on you uh, today. All right. I got on the boomers yesterday, and I just got off your mama, but we're going to get on you guys today. All right. There's your topics right there. We're going to start with straggling Sniggle Theater after we acknowledge the earlier contributors to today's show. How about we do that first, and then we'll get into straggling Sniggle Theater. We're going to tell you, you pick up dudes, you pick up artists at the clubs. What might happen to you, perhaps? I know. Shout out to Albert Ingram. Is it back in the building? He says, with TikTok and Instagram on the rise, women in the past that used to say, where are you meeting these women? He says, they were being dis, uh, were being disingenuous. Well, that's definitely true. I remember when I was just fart starting, farting, far Paul. When I first started making content, there would be women in my videos going, where are you meeting these women? Which is another one of those, um, objections or it wasn't a shaming language but it's an objection similar to who hurt you to try to avoid the conversation right about what we what we're talking about so what are you talking about i've never met a woman like that in the day of my life now that's absolutely we we know that to be untrue because if she's an adult woman um adult women have been through what you call emotional terrorism between other women since junior high school if not earlier if not late elementary school, we're talking about civil wars going on on campuses and they've been involved in it. They've been involved that matter of fact, they're the more they're the ones, the more ridicule a woman for being sexually promiscuous more than men do because men don't know the women are the ones that know, especially the girls that go on girl trips to Las Vegas. They know who the promiscuous girl is. They know who the girl who did something really sneaky on the slide. 
And so for them to say, I've never heard of people like this, where are you meeting these people? It's you. It must be just you because I don't know anybody is very disingenuous from elementary school all the way to junior high school, to high school, to college, to post-college, to work. They dealt with emotional terrorism and they dealt with toxic women all their lives. And then they come over to you. What are you talking about? I've never met anybody like that in my life. What are you talking about? The uh, promiscuous girl. What are you talking about? I, I, they act like they ain't seen one. <laughs> They're like, what? But all through fourth grade, fifth grade, while you playing basketball, y'all trying to play basketball and win the Super Bowl in physical education class. They're going through toxic, emotional ISIS terrorism between each other with little cliques and little groups. And they know how catty and backstabby and two-faced that women are. And then they show up on your channel. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? You remember when you came when you came off the field from PE class? Y'all standing at the water fountain like this? You scored a triple-double outside on the basketball court in fifth grade? <sighs> Teacher. I was out there roasting these fools, right? You know what I'm saying? I was going behind the back. You was crossing over. The girls sitting in class like this. All right, girls, stay after, stay after lunch. The boys are gonna go for lunch. The girls are gonna stay inside. You're sitting there like, why? Why the girls gotta stay inside? Five of them bawling, crying. <laughs> Sent to the office. What happened to the girls? You're like, what happened to them? <laughs> they didn't started a whole damn somebody said smear campaign they got a smear campaign between clicks and one girl got roasted and then they uh, <laughs> all right we're gonna have the principal come in and talk to the girls boys you go outside we playing flag football we like i'm emma smith i'm oj simpson i'm walter payton you showing my age here <laughs> and the girls inside <laughs> Having a kumbaya, we come back in. We trying to learn history class, trying to settle down, boys. They disciplining us, and the girls sitting there. <laughs> George Washington. <laughs> Tell me, I ain't lying. We stinking, we sweating, we smelling armpit sweat and dripping sweat on the basketball court, and they having meltdowns meltdowns remember you went to sixth grade science fair you was like we need to go to sixth grade science camp you went to science camp the girls was over in their little dorm the boys was over in their dorm all right the boys getting bullied and the girls meltdown mm. melt down due to this toxic emotional terrorism this cattiness this backstabbing this two-faced this fight and then they get over to men and then they go, well, what are you men talking about? What do you, I've never experienced a thing like this. This is reprehensible. How dare you? Tell me I ain't lying. Tell me I'm not lying. And then it goes from one, it goes from junior high school to college. I mean, to high school, to college. It, they're disingenuous by saying they don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> let me get to this stuff here. All right. Uh, shout out to Albert Ingram over there. Uh, let's go to PayPal. Oh, man. Now, the minute we have a dust up, all somebody does is get knocked the F out. One dude gets knocked out and it's over. <laughs> now we laughing. We just like, 
ain't gonna show. Your homeboy get knocked out. You looking at him like, damn. Shouldn't have messed with him, homie. We got your back. All right, shout out to uh, who is this? Vans is over here. What did you say, Avery? He says I. He says I had to watch last night's stream in entirety with how good it was. Make sure to strap it up, gang. He says I made the mistake of going Rosky with a girl that revealed she was sick after the fact. Oh, don't end up like me if the worst case scenario happens. Wow. Uh oh. You better go and get tested. But the far the, the thing about getting tested, they say sometimes it don't show up for six months. For six months. Yikes. So he went Rosky. We got a uh, gym status. Tri he tripled down in here. He says uh, XXs need to understand that men don't willingly uh, don't willingly trust other men either. This is true, too. He says the issue is we're not biologically drawn to involve ourselves with other men, which makes the chance of some dude screwing us over less likely. Also, hit the like button or become a stepdaddy at best. Get fit and get money. This is true, too. We're not a trusting person anyway. And all of that does, all of these games where we need to trust and open up to me and be emotional, that favors women. So we never tell women, I mean, we do. We'd be like, put your big girl panties up. All right? Stop crying. <laughs> Stop playing games. You know what I mean? They'd be like, well, we have to play games. This is how we get an advantage. He also says a relationship, me going above and beyond so that I can have the luxury of paying a woman's bills. A woman uh, who's a woman who's done have fun having or she's done having fun. Never happy. I'm not happy. And been with an <laughs> army of chads and sugar daddies. No, thanks. Free agent for life. Also hit the like button or be squished by a Body positive queen at best. All right. He, he triples down. He's got a lot to say. Shout out to Jim Status. He's back. All right. I'm glad I know it's you now. I was calling you double R, but it is what it is. Oh, he also says, Coach, I've had many XXs. I've ramrodded and defiled on social media. If a normie saw their Instagram page, they would see a beautiful, plain Jane, sweet girl. And the things I've done to them are rated R superstar status. Shout out to the rated R superstar. He says these hopeless romantics think they think they think they found June Cleaver, but they all are all are oh, sorry, but they are all Riley Reed in private with Chad's and sugar daddies. Um, that's one of the things that I think men are going to have to understand. I hope I remember this point is that when you are on the other side or you go to the dark side and you experience things with girls who, you know, they, Poses innocent or plain Jane. Plain Jane, you got to watch out for. Plain Jane, you got to watch out for. But when you see them and you see them and how they portray themselves and then you degrade and defile them already, like your belief system in women goes away. How many people have done that? You've defiled somebody or like, like there's girls who are very freaky and I don't penalize them for that. Men penalize them for that. Immature men penalize women for being freaky. I don't. I'll just be like, okay, well, if you're freaking with me, we're cool. And I keep it under wraps. I don't kiss and tell. Like, I don't do the whole, oh, I'm going to expose this three or four after I've been with her. I don't think that's, I, I let her come over. All right. If you want to gobble up nuts like a hummingbird, if you, that's what you want to do. If you want to store, <laughs> you want to be like a squirrel or a chipmunk and store nuts for the winter. I don't know. I'm with it. I'm with it. You can do whatever you want. And I won't expose. And got, guys, girls love you for that. They love you for that. They're like, good, don't tell my secret. I'm just the innocent girl. They be like this on their social media. Just the innocent girl. Hi. Mm -hmm. 
Now you see her, you be like, I'm gonna get that nerdy girl. I'm gonna teach her a thing or two. She already doing it. <laughs> she already doing it. All right, she already she already she'll teach you a thing or two. She'll surprise your ass. She'll surprise your ass. She'll be like, all right, down the gullet. You're like, what? You? <laughs> I thought you were a nerd. Thought you were the girl next door. Thought this was your first experience. And she'd be like, rain down on me. Let your love just fall like raindrops. Rain on me. Just rain down on me. Anyway. All right. Don't use my government name, says coach. Where do I get the free agent lifestyle shirt? I'm glad you asked. Shirts, man, I'm working with a guy. We're doing a whole line of shirts, and yes, it won't take four months to get them. He says, I need it when I go to the airport later this year uh, from the Bachelor at 50. Yes, we got a new shirt line coming out. Just working with a guy. I'm, 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 what do you call it? I'm delegating, right? I've learned. Try to do it myself and, and keep all the money. <laughs> Guys, just. Learn to delegate and learn to take less. <laughs> Shout out to my t-shirt guy coming up. He was like, Coach Man, we need to, we need to get we need to get your apparel line up to snuff. For real. So anyway. And if you wear big sizes, man, sometimes I can't get these big ass sizes, man. All right, unfortunately. All right, last couple here on the Cash App. Shout out to Robert Elliott. He's in the building. He says money for proving me wrong with the 40-year marriage stat. Shout out to you, man. Hey, you know, little humble pie. Huh. Anyway, he says the source was suspect. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He says, as extra, I'll send you uh, my 73-year-old auntie's feet pictures. All right. Thank you very much. All right. We, listen, I want to see what we got with the feet. You know, I'll check out her feet, but I already know what they're going to be looking like. They're going to look like sort of like this. It's all right now, Al. Let Mama make it all better. All right. <laughs> all right, I'll take a look, Ski. <laughs> I'll take a look. Who knows? All right, where are we at here? A couple more. Uh, let me see. Shout out to Dewan Elliott. For uh, this is from Cabby, Caddy, Caddy. Shout out to Dewan Elliott. All right, for I don't know what that is. I don't know what's going on, but it was a very generous super chat. I'm not sure what's going on. Simon Small's in the building, and last and not least, Eric S. He says shout out to the coach and the coach gang. All right, I'll come back to the rest of those in a minute. We're gonna get the show going on. We're gonna start with Straggle and Sniggle Theater. All right, shout out to Straggle and Sniggle Theater here. Um, as a means to do entertainment here or educate. This is our entertainment portion of the show. We're going to start shuffling. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right. Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Uh, here we go. I think we're in Detroit for Straggle and Sniggle Theater here. We're going to have the fair use. We're going to have to invoke our fair use privileges over here, here on YouTube. Yes, we can use excerpts of copyrighted material. I know how you guys know how it goes right here. Let's play it. Yeah, 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 ye
Excerpts of copyrighted material may, under certain circumstances, be quoted verbatim for purposes such as criticism, news reporting, teaching, and research without the need for permission from or payment to the copyright holder. All right, and the media should know about this, but you know, when you use media, sometimes they don't, they be acting wrong. All right, uh, cold approachers. Uh, cold approachers, guys. I, I'm not in the chase phase. I'm not in the chase phase anymore. I'm not in the game anymore. I basically just pile up concubines. That's where I am. One of these days, you'll get there. Uh, in the between the ages of 21 and 26. Sorry, that's my sweet spot. Uh, but I will go a little bit lower for occasions. On two occasions, that's day and night. All right. So in this situation right here, um. Uh, you know, 40 year old women, I have no use for you very much unless just for practice. And even then, if I've already been with the 21 year old the previous night, you're not getting practice. I'm just letting you know. All right. So anyway, I've been there, done that, but I'm out of the game. I I'm not in the consumption. I'm not in the chase of women no more. I just have my concubines and just that's how I deal with it. Uh, here's a woman here. <laughs> Somebody said, is this the man? Here it is here. Man set up carjack after planning to meet women from Detroit club. Shout out to Detroit. Bad boys in the house. Oh, Lord. Let's go ahead and play it. The victim, he wanted an after after party with a couple of ladies that he met here in an after hours club called VIP. When the man left here, that's when his night turned sour. He thought that he was going for a hookup and he got hooked up. And damn, oh, man. They get straggled and we, we got two straggles in the snickle. Two straggles in the snickle. All right, what is going on here? So he got hooked up. He was going to get a hook. By the way, homie, yo, I told I tell you guys, but first of all, man, there's so much here to unpack. <laughs> there's so much here to unpack. First of all, let me tell you guys, man, look at these women. Look at these women, man. They way past they prime. They messed up. This one barely got, she got more hair on the top of her head than the sides. Both of them have the same hairdo. And this brother think he about to win. Like, what? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. Standards are standards. All right, let's go ahead and uh, play the video. Set up by two women and another man from the club and carjacked at gunpoint. Took his, uh, uh, all of his, his cell phones, his money at $1,200 in cash. Um... Took his car Damn. and fled the scene. Wow. Take a look at this trio uh -oh. stumbling out of the VIP lounge, an after-hours spot off James Cousins on the west side. All right, so there, there, there he is. He's got his tight pants on, and uh, there's the two straggles out here. All right, waiting for him. He got a cigarette in his hand. Boy, this club, man, wow. Look at this club, man. The Midwest is a, a freaking disaster. All right, between Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland, all right, that, man, these places are raggedy. <laughs> and don't tell me it ain't raggedy. I've been to I've been to every major city in the United States. Every major city. I've been to some small ass cities and small towns too. I've been to almost every state in this union. All right, uh, Indianapolis, all of them. Look at this grass over here. What the hell's going on with this shit, man? This is a club. This is a nightclub, bro. <laughs> My God. Anyway, continuing. That's who Detroit police are after. They uh, became acquainted and uh, decided that when the uh, establishment closed that they... Look at this. Okay, somebody said Iraq looks better. Look at this establishment. Like, like, bruh, if you went here for some booty, you deserve to get robbed. Look at this shit right here. 
this is a club. Oh my god. This looked like the candy, the candy. This looked like the club in Harlem Nights. <laughs> this looked like Sugar Rays right here with the candy store around the corner next door. The candy store down here, this Sugar Rays, we got an after hour spot. We got gambling and girls. <laughs> what? Dude, I would not meet a woman in this spot. I would not engage in any nefarious activities with any women from this location whatsoever. My God. Anyway, continuing. They would meet up again. It's never a good idea at almost six in the morning. At 5.51 in, in the morning, I, I, I want to be at home in the bed at that time. For real. Regardless, he drove to meet the trio off Stansbury near Finkel Friday, July 29th. Immediately, it turned into a carjacking. Ooh, wee, sheesh. This looks like Milwaukee and Chicago. Man, the Midwest, they just need to, they need to mow the Midwest down. All right, the entire Midwest especially the inner city Midwest. Now, the outside of the inner city, this is where our white people used to live like in the 1940s. This is the hood in the Midwest in the 1940s. And then they had the black migration into the, the 50s, all right, into the 1950s and white folks got the hell up out of there. Man. Whew. What's up? What's going on with here? What is this shit right here? Somebody need to mow these weeds down right here. What is this shit? We need a cleanup project going on over here. Do not people not care about pop property value right here? I bet you, I bet you these houses are worth under $70,000. Under $70,000. And nobody owns these houses. The person who owned this house is dead. All right. Somebody's third generation grandmama bought this house. All right, they bought this house, and the person that lives there now. All right, let's stop. All right, hold on for a second. Somebody said 35K. Yes. All right, anyway, enough about the Midwest. And so, in this instance, uh, the offender fired a shot in the air. The next time, the shot may be at the victim. Carjacking is up 40% in the city right now compared to this time last year. The captain calls it a local pandemic, something he hasn't seen since the late 80s. The concern with carjackings is the progression of the crime because it, it starts off as a property crime, but it turns violent. That's why DPD's organized crime unit is going hard after these carjackers. If we get a lead or a call of a carjacking in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, we're all going out. I'll uh -uh. go out there myself. If uh -uh. you recognize the people. Oh, boy, she done ran into the wall. Hey, dudes, we tell you, man, do not deal with drunk women. Look. Self. If you recognize. Drunk Keisha right here. Boom. She all straggling already. Stammering and stumbling. She's. You got me slipping and stumbling and flipping and fumbling. The people in this clip call Detroit police right away. All right. So do you feel bad for the brother? Do you feel bad for the brother? Hey, man, sometimes, you know. Sometimes you're thinking with the big head. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. You're thinking with the little head. And you you get you get carjacked and robbed for $1,200. Thinking you were going to get some booty? Man. Okay. I know people don't like tricking, but it would have cost him less. <laughs> I know people keep saying, man, come on, man. Why are you encouraging this? I'm letting you guys know it's literally cheaper. 
why y'all man make your life complicated but of course i'm not a i'm not in the gathering stage anymore you guys are in the gathering stage and you're priding yourself on how many women can gather you your ego's built on it my ego built on it i'm so player and you build your whole ego on gathering women listen i've been there i i understand but yeah i'm bisexual bui sexual i i just have concubines concubines at best all right let's get to the next story oh i have to follow up on this story the truth about yoga pants and leggings the you the truth about yoga pants and leggings so let's get to this story right here oh man i, I we, we got to touch on this because some some people might have missed this and i did this years ago um here's the first story about this yoga pants uh thing here designer vajay or as we call it peace leave here surgery has doubled in 2022 for one surgeon, thanks to tight leggings. Thanks to tight leggings. All right. Talk about a nip and tuck. Women are flocking to purchase a designer piece sleeve after ultra tight leggings have become uncomfortable or embarrassing thanks to the dreaded camel toe. Called a labioplasty, which we already told you the woman from who did the, uh, what was the movie called? Uh, or Sex in the City, the writer. She got a labiaplasty. So older women are get labiaplasties to tighten and nip and tuck all of that, that roast beef, all right, to make it look a little bit more pleasant after it being worn out. All right. And so now they're saying because women are wearing tight pants that women are going to get labiaplasty right here. And it says the, the, the procedure shrinks the labia minora, otherwise known as the flaps on the inside. This is a little bit more. I'm going to get age restricted again. My video yesterday got age restricted just like that. And I'm sitting here like, bro, I was giving education to the brothers. And the price tag for this roast beef repair is a $4,000 price tag, $4,000. And if you deal with people who are on the West Coast and the East Coast, now let's diss them. These people do this. I mean, the West Coast women, oh my God. I mean, most West Coast women on the upper scale of what you would call beauty. Uh, these people have been nipped and tucked so much, you don't even know what you're getting. It's almost unpleasant to even deal with them because they, they've been nipped and tucked so much. It's actually just, you're like, what am I even touching now? All right, Dr. John something says, the chief surgeon at a signature clinic in the United Kingdom told Daily Mail that last year he only performed 50 labioplasties, yet in 2022 alone, that number has already been beaten as of August. Citing pain and discomfort as a reason for the surgery, Dr. John explained how tight leggings and athleisure Clothing can cause pain below the belt. Exercise clothing is a little bit tighter in its form fitting, so it does put pressure on the area, he explained. They experience pain and discomfort in, in general, chafing, and a lot of women will feel so uncomfortable that they avoid trying to wear this type of clothing. Okay. Um, the ironic thing about women, and this is about understanding women, one of the ironies about women is that they will wear uncomfortable clothes <laughs> if it gets them attention. You know, they'll constantly be shuffling and slipping. You know, this, this, this leads to insecurity when they go out because they're uncomfortable, but you're lusting after them, but they're uncomfortable. So they're uncomfortable brings on insecurity, but they know it kind of is giving them attention as well. But you will keep, catch them a shuffling and picking at their clothes and all this stuff. And you're you're somehow aroused by this behavior. You're like, wow, let me show you a picture uh, as an example. See this type of thing when they get out the car. And they start picking at this and pulling stuff out of crevices and cracks. 
and adjusting this. I mean, this woman, I don't know if you've ever wore compression pants. As a male, it's not comfortable. And I'm not just talking about around the package area. It's not comfortable at all. All right. And then you come, you take the compression pants off. It's tough to put on and it's tough to pull off. And it's, you know what I mean? You feel like you're just, <laughs> you feel like you dehydrating. You know what I mean? You're like, what in the hell? So you ever see these ladies always picking and pulling and adjusting and pulling stuff and all this stuff? Well, they choose to wear clothes that are uncomfortable. And then they start picking and pulling. And uh, then they complain, well, yeah, you make us wear these things. It was the industry. It was men. It's misogyny. How dare you? The patriarch, the patriarchy forced us to wear these clothing, and now we got to wear them. High heels. How about high heels? When you talk about high heels, women will wear high heels six to eight inches and wear them around, walking around Las Vegas, casino to casino, club to club, and you're going. Then they have bunions. Then they have a hammer toe. Then they'll complain. The patriarchy forced us to wear these high heels. But I'm five nine in high heels. No, 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 no. It's more like I'm six foot in five heel uh, in high heels. So a man has to be six foot two. I'm really five foot eight or five foot six, but I'm six feet in heels. That's their heel height. Again, you got to understand women. This isn't about love. Yeah, same thing with bras. They wear uncomfortable shit. <laughs> Panties all up in their crevice. You ever see the one singlet bathing suit where it be all up? You like, you know they got snicker stains in them. So let's let's go back to this. It's actually weird, right? They wear those clothes. You know, how about those shirts that are just under the bra line? And they constantly pulling it down so it don't expose themselves. Or how about the bras that expose their like their areolas right there? And they bend over just slightly and they all checking what are you looking at i'm like you wore the you wore the bra right up there right up to the don't let her be puerto rican the whole damn thing is covered with an aerial anyway you know them puerto ricans the whole you'd be like lord and it'd be brown and mm, mm. <laughs> puerto ricans you'd be like lord look at that thing she looking like rosie perez around here The whole thing be out. You'd be like, Lord, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears. All right, let me stop. This is edutainment. This is edutainment. Relax. Y'all be like, coach is simping. All right, anyway, <laughs> it says right here. Yoga pants have long, let me see we're here. Yoga pants have long been the culprit for crotch appearance suffering. Wait a minute, what? Yoga pants have long been the culprit for crotch appearance suffering. In 2015, plastic surgeon Dr. Richard Swift told the Post that the ubiquitous activewear plays a big part in the uptick in labioplasties for them. And so for those whose labias are enlarged. Mm. <sighs> mm. Mm. I'm I'm trying listen this is a, this is in the media here. Wow. For those whose labias are enlarged, they can make uh they can make them feel uncomfortable and exposed.
Wow. I don't know what to say sometimes. So you're running around here and you got that extra Arby's, uh, extra Arby's deli stuff going on there. And then you're mad because you're wearing tight pants and your stuff hanging. I mean, what are we talking about here, man? What are we doing here in America? Did you know women suffer like this? Okay. When they got that fat thing, you know, here we go right here. Let's, let's, I don't know, man. I try to give you the, here we go. Oh man. See, okay. Let's go to the next issue on this one. Do tight wear, uh, to, no, sorry, do tight workout leggings really cause yeast infections? Oh man. Now we're going down, man. Not only do you have a labia issue. Now you have the yeast infection issue. Women don't tell you this stuff. Um, a yeast infection, or a, I, I won't say that word, is an incredibly common, not to mention majorly uncomfortable uh, issue, health issue, impacting up to three out of every four women at some point in their life. In fact, most women experience at least two, according to the Mayo Clinic. While it is relatively common knowledge and scientifically proven that wearing cotton underwear, remember we talked that, about this yesterday. Wearing cotton underwear can reduce your chances of developing the itchy and irritating and sometimes burning infection in the area. You may have also heard that some type of compression workout pants can also cause the condition to develop. Is this true? All right. They've uh, interviewed two OBGYNs. And it says here, the link between the yeast infection and workout leggings. Do you understand the potential link between tight workout pants and yeast infections? Uh, one of the OBGYNs, McKinney, first explains to Birdie exactly what the medical condition is, an infection with candy, candida, a yeast species. Yeast, as, uh, yeast are single-cell organisms that are members of the fungus kingdom. She says, for many women, some studies suggest around 10%, these yeasts are an ordinary part of their microbiology, flora, the organisms that live in their skin day in and day out in a commensal relationship. However, she explains that candida thrives in a moist environment. Hey, I'm reading this. This is a professional show here. Let's go ahead and pull that up. In a moist environment, and it this infection occurs most uh, commonly in this in the peace leave area, sometimes with, with spread to the growing in the buttocks, in the mouth, esophagus, and, okay, are you eating breakfast right now? Leggings sit close to the skin, holding most moisture in the vulva area region, then looser clitting <laughs> Clitting, looser fitting clothes might, hence the belief that they create the perfect environment for an infection. And it says right here, do well, do they cause the yeast infection? And McKinney explains that there's no medical evidence supporting this claim that compression leggings can cause this type of infection, probably because, quote, clothing is not usually thought as a medical intervention, and it would be challenging to perform a randomized study of what people wear. However, clothing has been assessed as a risk factor for this type of yeast infection. A recent study by Hamill et al. found that wearing under underwear without a cotton crotch, remember we talked about this yesterday, 
if you're wearing underwear that are more of this sheer, this, this, uh, whatever you call it, uh, um, polyester, Victoria's Secret type underwear, it's not good for you. If you're wearing that at con- on a continual basis, even wearing no underwear is not good for you. Or if it, I don't even know that, but, but they suggest these white cotton type underwears is going to reduce your risk. And it says right here that found that wearing underwear without the cotton crotch was associated with twice as many yeast infections compared to wearing cotton gusset underwear. Leggings are just a means of having the woman sweat more and keep the sweat closer to her private area. And while the organisms that actually cause the yeast infection, the yeast themselves are a part of the woman's vagina, you know what I'm talking about. The warm, sweaty environment promotes their growth. Now, she suggests, they, they're giving suggestions here. I'm not going to read the entire article here. But there's a takeaway here. And this has to do with people of how they take care of themselves. This is how it's important now. So if you see somebody wearing this on a continual basis or they wake up in the morning or they wear them at the gym and then they go to the grocery store and they run their errands, they might not shower until the end of the night. That's not good. They're saying, hey, you got to take these clothes off. You got to take them off. It's not meant to be daily wear, active wear, as we call it, athlete, athlete, athleisure. It's not meant to be wearing these things on a continual basis, especially after you've worked out and promoted sweat. Maybe after you've had intercourse and then you put them on and then you go about your day leaking. Not good. And so, unfortunately, it's a design. It's, a, it's an attire that men are attracted to and women can, can wear for attention. It's an easy get. At, at this point, people kind of ignore it. However, there are some dangers that you should be exposed to. Number one, a lot of women be, they feel uncomfortable wearing them, but they are wearing them. Number two, they're exposed to potentially some moisture accumulating in the area that could promote growth that is not healthy. That is not healthy. So anyway, interesting, right? Uh, They were like, what about the men? We don't wear tight clothes like that. Oh, we do wear the tight pants. I, th- there may be something that we may do uh, to where we talk about men wearing tight pants. All right, tight pants around the calf, tight pants around. What did he call these pants called? Skinny jeans? Uh, we may talk about men wearing skinny jeans and whether that's healthy or not to uh, do men a favor. At least we can do you guys a solid as well. All right, so um, if you want to find these links, because people are saying my sources are flimsy now. Here's more links uh, related to more articles. You can do your own research. Yes, your tight yoga pants could be causing your yeast infection. The ways to prevent it is a surprising one. Uh-oh. Um, and here's it is. Uh, oh, that's the next story. So we're going to do that later. Let's get into some of the super chats in the building. Somebody says nothing wrong with skinny jeans. All right. Generation Z and the millennials checking in. Wearing your penguin pants. By the way, I follow this website. I follow this Instagram. It's called History Colored or Colored History. I can't remember what it's called. But they take film and they colorize it from the 1910s, the 1890s, and the 19. It's fantastic stuff when you see it. When you see it, you will realize how far we've fallen in the way we uh, uh, appear outside, the way we take care of ourselves outside, like the way we present ourselves. Most all of these uh, pictures, no matter where it was, what city it was in, everybody was dressed up coming outside. It wasn't like a special thing. 
like everybody, you know, a dude wore his hat. He had his fedora or whatever type of hat. He had his suit. Like it probably was in the middle of summer. <laughs> the middle of summer. And every, ladies had a dress. Nobody was out slovenly and sloppily. Nobody had jeans and freaking t-shirts and tank tops and topless. We've fallen as a society in the way we present ourselves. Matter of fact, you can actually go um, to look at old baseball footage. Look at old baseball footage from the 40s, the Negro Leagues, whether it was the Negro Leagues or a Yankees game or a Brooklyn Dodger game. People was dressed up in a shirt and tie with a hat sitting there. Sitting at the game. Also, look at how people traveled. From when air flight, when airplane travel came, it was a luxury. Nobody went, I'm going to go sleep on a plane with my pillow, with my eye mask on and all that shit, dressed in pajamas, slippers, and bonnets. Men get away with this too. People dressed up because this was a, hey, I'm presenting myself and I could look, this was an expensive ticket. People dressed up. And it wasn't just dressing up. It was a normal dress. You're going outside. You ever have an old head? You know, I don't know about the younger generation, your grandpa. But when I was younger, I had old people, even winos, was dressed up. Even winos were dressed up. <laughs> winos would be on the corner in a suit with slacks, suspenders, a dress shirt, old ass Stacy Adams. Even winos was like <laughs> with a sports coat on. A hobo would be dressed up. Now hobos walking around, no shoes, <laughs> no shirt. Yeah, remember Pawpaw? Pawpaw would come home. It'd be it'd be Saturday. Pawpaw done worked all damn week. You go over to Pawpaw's house. He got on brown slacks, black socks. He got on a shirt and it's unbuttoned. That was him loosening up. He loosened up by unbuttoning the top shirt and he was just chilling. He was doing yard work dressed up. <laughs> All right. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy the how, how we've very much. And so when people think about these things and everybody's like, why do you know, younger women and younger men, why, why are you worried about the way we're dressed? And why are you worried about, you know, uh, me dressing like a slut or a skeezer? Well, generations before, you didn't come out of the house like that. You didn't come out of the house. When you were went out of the house, you were like, let me put something on. You didn't just be like, all right, let me roll out to Target real quick, wearing your pajamas. Not many people would do that. Not even the bums would do that. Back when people called him a bum, not even a bum would do that. A bum would at least show up before he hit his ass on the corner, dressed up. Let me put on my jacket. <laughs> Let me put on my sports coat, tie. Then he out there drinking with his brown paper bag, dressed up. So we've, we've fallen as a society, for real. And only old heads know this. Anyway, I'm calling myself out, too, because I be wearing shorts and shirts every day. T-shirts. <laughs> Look at what a bum was characterized in that in a movie. And he always was dressed up. I'm going to show you this one right here. Um, Otis the drunk. I always think of Otis the drunk. So there's a prime example right here. So in this, in this show, the Andy Griffith show, Otis the drunk was a wino who would get drunk and check himself in the jail. 
Look at Otis the Drunk. He's got a suit on. <laughs> All right, look. He got a suit in his hat. He he at least he at least was like, I'm gonna try. I'm going to try. Like, I'm not gonna come out completely slovenly, although I'm a slob. He got a still got a suit and a tie on. And he's a he's the bum of the show. You see what I mean? This is how far we've fallen as a society. Now these women coming out here, titties out, peace leave out, dudes coming out here, walking on their tippy toes. Half naked. All right, anyway. Let's get to these cash apps. XL Pro Services back in the building, says Coach Gang Salute. Thank you, man. Shout out to Moose Hefner, says Tate has now been banned on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook. He's got the triple-double going on. Um, It's going to be tough for him to continue doing what he's doing in this way. He's going to adjust. It'll be fine. Everybody's like, he's, oh, he's over. I don't think he's over, but it's going to be tougher. He's just going to have to go the way of the Alex Jones, right? He's going to have to find another way to reach his audience. And he's already had a massive audience. And if he's done his due diligence, which I know he has, he's got already a connection in the email list. And he's got people in his war room. He's he's going to be able to do and continue to market and, and, and communicate through them. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Shout out to Slick Vision. He says, appreciate the birthday stream in a building. Shout out to you. Hey. Hey, we celebrate the birthdays. It's one brother's birthday. It's all of our birthdays. Yes, indeed. Yay. Hey. Ooh. Yay. Happy birthday to everybody in the coach gang. This is how we do it. Happy birthday to Kobe Bean Bryant, by the way. Rest in peace. All right. And, um. He kicked off 2020 on the wrong note, by the way. But happy birthday to everybody. Let's not bring a Debbie Downer down, all right? Shout out to you. We winning in here. Shout out to Avid Hiker, Coffee uh, Fun Coach. Salute. We back. All right, Tay-Tay Monte is in the building. Coach, do the roar for me, all right? We're going to need a little bit more to do it on command. All right. Uh, yeah, man. Where are we at? Uh, skinny jeans or baggy jeans, all right? Listen, uh, listen. I know the young heads are mad at me with the skinny jeans but yes we look silly as hell us old heads back in the day we look like midgets walking around with them big ass white t-shirts looking like the 1996 nba draft class shirt shorts all down to our knees and over our kneecaps big ass t-shirts yeah we look foolish too so old heads let's not act brand new you know, these little dudes walking around in their penguin pants. Let's not act brand new. We look foolish back in the day. All right. I know you think y'all was looking cool. And some of y'all still dress in baggy clothes. Okay. You ain't going to get over it. But let's give the young heads a little bit of a, let's not push back all the way. We look dumb as hell. You know what I mean? We look dumb as hell. Let me show y'all. <laughs> All right, hold on. Even the suits look ridiculous. Big ass four eight button suit all the way down. Suit coat length way down there. Three sizes too damn big. Baggy ass pants. Michael Jordan ass jeans on. You know, with the big long ass baggy. Come on, man. Listen, old heads, we got to take an L. We got to take an L. All right. Looking like Tracy McGrady ass baggy jean, baggy shorts on at the basketball court. Let me see here. Who, who had the baggiest uniform? 
Who had the baggiest uniform back in the day? Tracy McGrady ass uniform ass. All right, where are we at? I can't think of a player who had the baggiest uniform back in the day. Allen Iverson could. Allen Iverson uniform. Allen Iverson. AG, yeah, Kevin Garnett definitely. Oh, Kevin Garnett definitely had a baggy uniform on. Let me see if we can find it. All right. Yeah, I don't, you know, because I still have shorts like that. I still have shorts like that. And every now and then I'll be like, all right, let me run the target real quick. And I grab some shorts and I'd be like, I cannot wear these. My son be looking at me like, you going to wear those? I'm like, man, look, you you brought nut huggers back. You young dudes brought nut huggers back. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, look at what the oh my God, I'm trying to find it. Jalen Rose at Michigan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Michigan Fab Five. But he got worse after that, after Fab Five. Fab Five uniform was baggy, but that they brought in the baggy. Then after a while, they got ridiculous. It was like, oh my God. Okay, so here's a here's here's a picture right here. All right. So here's the here's the shorts now. I'm sorry, here's the shorts back then. Take a look. Look at these shorts. Now, this was this was revolutionary back in the day. I don't know if you know, man, back when I was in, because I was in, where was I at? I probably was just out of high school. So my high school team, we had nut huggers on. Like, because, you know, when you was on the JV and the freshman, you got the varsity uniform from 1986. All right. And so we basically had, dude, we was like, yo, what is this? And we was trying to tell our coaches, no, they make the shorts longer. And it was like, we ain't ordering them long ass shorts. Our basketball coaches like, we ain't ordering them long ass shorts. So we tried to sag our nut huggers. We tried to sag them. All right. Now, then they start ordering the long shorts. And guess what? Generation Z bought back the short shorts. Generation Z boys like, we wear short shorts. I watch a men's college basketball game and I'll be like, is that the women playing? I can't tell because they all got big hair. They got big ass dreads and ponytails and short shorts on. I'm like, is this the women's game? What is this? I'll be looking. I'll be like, I got to put on my, the hell am I watching here? This looks like the women's game. Oh, these are men? Everybody all scrawny, bird chested. I'm like, these are college dudes. What happened to men? <laughs> what happened to men? I, I don't know what happened to you brothers. You guys used to be men. Now you guys walking around here tippy-toeing. They walking out here like, we're going to play some basketball. Hook shot. All right, let me stop. Shout out to Gen Z. I know, I'm just. They'd be like, I'm playing basketball for my mental health. All right. Anyway, let's get to the next story. Oh, no, no. Am I still on Cash Apps? I need to get PayPal some love. I definitely need to get. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't need to get PayPal some love. Jim Status says some of these dating coaches make women. Uh, Man, I can't read all that. I can't read that. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm definitely not reading that. All right. I'm trying to stay alive here on YouTube. Okay. I can't read all that. All right. Where we got? Uh, who is this? Triggerverse says, yo, coach, uh, when you were talking about the baggy clothes, it reminds me of the video 2000, uh, 2000 basketball suit style. 
So the 2000 draft, that got to be LeBron James. Didn't he was like in the, what, what draft was he in? 2003, 2002? Let me see. Oh, yes. that Dude, that's so funny you brought that video up. I actually was thinking of that video. I'm, I'm going to have to turn the volume down, though. I don't know if I can turn the volume down because they're gonna, then they're going to copy. They're going to copyright me. But uh, this is what I was thinking of. This dude did a parody of it. I might have to let it roll. So if you see him, look, look at the suit style. This is what the early 2000s suit style. <laughs> look at that. So, yes, we do laugh at Gen Z wearing them baggy ass. I mean, them tight ass clothes. OK, but we did look foolish. Oh, look, so this is what I'm talking about right here. All right, look, the big-ass football jersey. I was watching a video with D'Angelo. Video with D'Angelo. He was performing, and he had a big-ass Colorado football jersey on. It was humongous. And I was like, what? I was like, that's how foolish we look with the headband, like R. Kelly. In them big baggy ass shorts. So let's just get this right. Let's just get this right. We talk about these young dudes in their tight ass clothes, but us old heads, we got to take an L. We wore oversized clothes for no damn reason at all, other than to look like we were thuggish, right? I don't know where you, that's where the it came from, so you can hide all of your firearms. <laughs> so, yes, young heads, I'll give y'all the win today. I'll give y'all the win. I tried to talk negative and talk reckless about you. But I had to really think about this and go, yeah, we look stupid. We look very stupid. But again, it came from gang culture. So these guys could wear this oversized clothes to hide all of their toolery and foolery in the building. Quiet culture. Quiet quitting culture. Oh, now we're going back to the millennials. Now we're going to diss the young people again. Now they have something here. Um, I don't know if you guys know old heads. Uh, this culture here is not about winning, but it's not unusual. They have something called quiet quitting. They had the great resignation and all of this stuff. Even China had this of where they were call it lying flat, lying fat, flat culture. And um, I would be able to, you would be able to see the headline, but this ad is running over it. But after the pandemic, there's a lot of Chinese people, men and women included, that wanted to get rid of the negative energy, right? They wanted to get rid of the hustle culture. And so they had this thing called lying flat where they're just basically like, we ain't with all this work shit. We're not going to hustle. We're not going to go get the McMansions and the big SUVs. We don't care. We'll do with less. We'll minimalize. Not only that, we'll do without sex either. Okay, so a lot of these people have some issues. They're more concerned about their mental health and all of this stuff. So the lying flat culture started in China. Well. We're here in America, and it's called quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. It says, what is quiet quitting? Generation Z is ditching hustle culture to avoid burnout. Now, I think it's actually crazy what I'm hearing here, but they think they're making something up new. Oh, we're quiet quitting. Well, not so much. Let's go ahead and play this video. And again, fair use, CNN. I'm going to play a video of this young lady. She's going to identify everything that I warn you about in terms of um, finding a mate. And she's going to uh, talk about why she, oddly enough, many women are doing this quiet quitting. What happened to? So I could focus on my career. What happened to that? See, feminism's dead, right? 
And so now they're like, well, we don't want to work as hard at our job. Let's go ahead and listen. I'm calling itself quiet quitting. The idea being keep the job, but don't work very hard at it and focus on getting fulfillment outside of work. <laughs> A story about. I don't know why this pause button is here. Pause. Uh, do the bare minimum at your job. Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. People lazy as fuck, aren't they? People lazy. Quiet quitting. Oh, somebody says people aren't having kids no more, so why hustle? I mean, this all goes together. It's not just, we're, just, we're not just calling out this culture. There's everything that goes together. People aren't married uh, anymore. Young people aren't getting married. Uh, there's incels. There's virgins. There's uh, uh, fornicating women who know that uh, they're also going, I can make money on the side. I can get a sugar daddy. I can have a seeking, uh, um, um, an OnlyFans account, right? They can make money off the side. Like there's women, there's a guy that said, Hey, I went on seeking for the first time. I saw a coworker. It's that coworker is always talking about taking trips. They're like, I don't have to get all my money from work anymore. I can do the bare minimum. Has been the number one most read story all week long at the Wall Street Journal's website. The journal also recently reported that some are exploiting remote work to hold multiple jobs, getting paid to be mediocre at two jobs instead of being good at one. Axios has labeled all of this the new anti-work movement, a rebellion against rise and grind. All right. So, I mean, this is mostly mostly women have entered into the workspace. Remember, more women are now working at least part time than men. And now when they're getting there, they're like this. Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. They rather do the easy, do the bare minimum in. Got to get my bag and run. So most of this, I'm going to tell you, 60 percent of this movement is going to probably reflect women. And then, like somebody said, well, I don't need to work anymore. I don't have kids and a wife. I don't need to go and hustle. Why? why? They're like, why? A recent Gallup survey found that employee engagement in the United States is falling across all generations, but especially among younger Americans. Among those born after 1989, 54% call themselves not engaged, meaning they'll show up to do the minimum required, but not much else. Joining me now is Paige West, a digital creator who grabbed. All right. Of course, they got a young woman. All right. They, they didn't get a man, did they? And you're going to see the two clips that I run. They they pulled up women. Now, remember, 20 years ago, they fought to get into the work. No, I mean, more years ago, they fought to get into the workplace. And now they're de-escalating this whole thing. Remember, this is indicative of this culture not embracing feminism as you would perceive it. Maybe they will on certain issues, but they're like, work? Why? This is going to be a transition back into another generation, maybe in uh, another generation or two, back into housewives. Because they're going, why did women push so hard to work? Well, I don't want to be sitting here working. Graduated from college in 2020 has been offered. Uh, by the way, if you've ever seen a woman like this and been with a woman like this, they'd be the nastiest ones. Continuing. Bring advice on quiet quitting on YouTube. Paige, thanks so much for being here. So you have an engineering degree. You left the corporate consulting world for the gig economy. How come? Yeah, so I initially left because I wasn't finding fulfillment from my nine to five job. And I saw that there was so much opportunity outside of the basic nine to five corporate world that I really wanted to get into. All right, so she's not lying. That's actually true. That's actually true. So people think I would disagree with that. That's actually true. Nine to five culture, corporate grind is a soul sucking job. So- I'm, I applaud people who are looking at that going, what? You know, the boomer culture actually brought that in to fruition with the post-industrial revolutionary work-based corporate job. And then everybody said, 
well, that's where the fun is. Let's go to those jobs. But they're soul crushing. They're soul sucking. So that's true what she's saying here. And she's like, I can find fulfillment doing something else or doing two jobs as opposed to working nine to five, punching the clock. Let's go ahead and continue. But were you mailing it in while someone was paying you? And if so, do you feel guilty about that? No. So while I was in my nine to five job, I still was working my 40 hours a week. I was still fulfilling my job duties. I was just taking away that feeling of stress I had after work by feeling like I needed to put in a thousand percent, needed to join trainings and do as much as I possibly could to go up the corporate ladder. That just wasn't my end goal. Okay, so this is against what feminism promotes, right? Feminism promotes, hey, do the extra. Um, unfortunately, these women will get promoted in front of men at these situations. She's doing the bare minimum. You're doing the extra, but because they have to fill a quota, they will put her ahead. So I get, I get it. Yeah, I actually had the same feeling back in the day, but we didn't have to. We didn't have the option to quit. Do you worry that maybe a future employer, if, if, if the entrepreneurial activities that you're engaged in now don't pan out and later you need to be in someone's employ, they're going to take a look back at this chapter and they're going to say, wait a minute, Paige West, she was part of that whole quiet quitting trend. We don't want her. I wouldn't think so, because at the end of the day, when I was still in my job, I was still doing what I needed to do. I'm certain if they called back my employer that I had when I was still in the corporate world, that no. they would happily say that I still did a great job and everything I've done thus far and any references I could gain from my time building up my business and doing freelance opportunities would prove that as well. Well, that that's where she got that wrong. wrong. That's going to be wrong. Everybody knows you mailed it in. Everybody knows you did the bare minimum. Everybody knows you tried to suck off a couple people to get to the top. Um, that's where she's going to fail because if in her, her, her endeavors don't work she's going to have to come back to something and this is when she's going to want to go find a man which is going to be a part of the dual mating strategy she's going to want to find somebody she's going to say what happened Where did all right she's going to run go? herself into she's going to paint herself into a corner there because we know their entrepreneurial endeavors if it's not only fans it's going to fail okay so I, I get what you're saying you're saying hey i gave them a hundred percent no. I was trying to plan my next move and I wanted to make sure that I was fulfilled outside the workforce. What I'm reading online, and I have watched a lot of your videos, I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious that you're typical if that's the case. I think a lot of the others, uh, I'll go old school and say, are loafing on somebody else's dime. So this is the generation class here. So he, he comes from a generation boomer, generation X, where work was how you defined yourself. And millennials, late millennials, generation Z, they're not like that. But of course, give it some time. They may develop into that, but they don't have that since now. So what's going to be the future? Let's go ahead and continue. Am I wrong? And by the way, this woman, let me just add this. This woman's living with her parents. This woman is living with her parents. This woman is living, trying to find a man to live with. This woman's trying not to pay half the rent. You see what I mean? So she's saying I'm mailing it in. I'm going to just do the bare minimum. But also her living standards are substandard if you will, and they'll be substandard for a while. So, so her father is going, what the hell's going on here? See, if you're a father, you're scared of this type of mentality. You might think, okay, yeah, that makes sense, but you're a father. You're still paying her bill. You're still paying her cell phone bill. It's still on the family plan. You're still paying her lunch money. You're still giving her an allowance. If not, her sugar daddy is giving her an allowance. Okay. You're still paying her in car insurance. You're, she's still on the on the uh, she still goes to the child uh, doctor and she's 24 because she's on your health insurance. She what is the pediatric when she goes to get her checkup, she still goes to her pediatric doctor.
I think that there's two groups in that case. And I think some are, they're not trying to loaf. Everyone is trying to do the work that's required of them. I think they're just trying to figure out what that fulfillment looks like outside of work, as well as they're not at the point where they're realizing that their burnout might not even be because they're overworked. It might be because they're misaligned in the job that they're in. And I think a lot of people will realize that when I was quiet quitting, it was not for a very long time. I only did it for three months, although my plan was to do it for nine. But over time, I started realizing that I, I couldn't stick it out any longer because. Yeah, they don't got no work ethic. They don't have work ethic at all. It wasn't just that I was overworked and burnt out and overworked. You know, all the mental health struggles I was dealing uh -oh. with. Oh, now I want you to pay attention now. I want you to pay attention. Listen to this. But over time, I started realizing that I, I couldn't stick it out any longer because it wasn't just that I was overworked and burnt out and, you know, all the mental health struggles I was dealing with. She got it. She got it. She said it. The mental health, it came up again. What is going on with this culture full of excuses of why not to produce? It was this. I was burned out. Dude, she's 24 at best. Burned out. She, she don't have no responsibilities financially. Probably not. I'm just going to, I'm just assuming. I don't know. But I'm just probably going to be on the money here. Mental health, bruh. It was actually because the job I was in was just not the right one for me. And I think many are going to realize that as well. All right. So there you go right there. Uh, the future of feminism right there. <laughs> the future Finding of. The perfect hey, designer what is this ish? Hold up for a second. Did it up work? We found her. Shut up. All right. I got another video to play you on this one to back it up. Here is going to be another woman right here. Another woman. I mean, I have this quiet culture, quiet quitting. This is something that women can do. Can men quiet quit? <laughs> are men doing the quiet quitting? I'm sure there are some men that are doing the quiet quitting. But now these people want promotions and all that. This is where the hypocrisy comes in. Here it is. Five signs of quiet quitting. Who is this right here? It's not a man. It's a middle-aged to over-aged woman. She works out, though. What is quiet? He said men are quiet quitting as well. But yeah, uh, um, let's see how long you get away with that one. Quitting. Well, for a lot of people, it's another way of saying they have healthy boundaries. It means doing what you're paid to do and not sacrificing your well-being in order to do more. I, I get that. I, I I'm not shitting on that because, yes, I think most of us culturally wise have done way more than we should have for corporations and companies. And we got zero, we got, we, we got zero rewards. All right. I, I get all that. Yeah. There's a definitely people didn't have boundaries in the past and we let people take advantage of us and not get rewards. But what I'm saying is this world is competitive. This world is not going to, um, to, to benefit people. I don't care how much in mass you do this. You're not going to have the ha you're not going to have much. And it's just going to lead to a socialist country. It's going to lead to a socialist ideology. If not, if even if we don't align socialists, we're going to have a socialist ideology, meaning this isn't fair. I'm, I'm only going to do the bare minimum, but I should have a Porsche 911. Or or. He shouldn't have a Porsche 911 because he's a tryhard. He did. He did too much. But I'm not going to do as much as he did. But as a result, he shouldn't have it because we should tax him and we should penalize him. You see what I mean? Mm. We're going to penalize him and we're going to penalize her for working hard. 
but I'm not going to work as hard. See, that's where we're going to get it messed up because people are going to get after 10 years of quiet quitting. They're not going to get where they need to get. Obviously, inflation, things like inflation, government shift, economics, that's still going to have an impact. Investments and retirement, that's still going to have an impact on these people who quiet quit. And then when their entrepreneur business doesn't work out, then all of a sudden they're going to be like, hey, well, where's my stuff? Where's my retirement? Why, why can't I afford eggs? That's where it's going to be the problem. Anyway. It might look like rejecting volunteer type work, like serving on a committee within your company. Or for mm -hmm. somebody else, it might mean rejecting doing the job of two or three people. Mm. <laughs> a third sign is refusing to work excess hours without a change in compensation. Yeah, I mean, boy, this is basically uh, sounds like them unionizing. <laughs> They're unionizing as a group in mass to work against corporations abusing them time-wise I, I, okay listen i understand that and i'm with you on that one this has forced people to become entrepreneurs right i'm not going to do this for this company and make them rich i'll go make myself rich or at least i'll take a pay cut and do what i want and keep most of the money as opposed to making the corporation rich and overworking myself yes i, I understand that however you chose to go that path because you were not creative you were not innovative and now you're saying I'm going to do what? Do DoorDash on the side? I don't get what they're doing on the side. Anyway, continue. Four, quiet quitting can also look like closing your computer or physically distancing yourself from your work when your shift is over. Working within the confines of your day and not more. Yeah, okay. All right. And last, a sign of quiet quitting is that people have unsubscribed from this long-term promise that they might get promoted if they give a thousand percent. People want growth opportunities here and now. They won't toil for some mirage or illusion that they're not even sure is going to come to fruition. Damn. What happened to pay your dues? <laughs> So this concept, I believe people have been doing this for a while. They're trying to say they made this up. All right, I'm quiet quitting. People have been doing this for a while. Like the great resignation, even before that, people went to do become entrepreneurs or work for themselves, or they did the gig economy, the side hustle, side hustle, side hustle, until their hustle became legit. Um, this is all, all, all just being, I think what they're doing is they're trying to phrase things and acting like they created the phrase. I mean, people for a long time have been saying this is not in my job description. Now you were penalized for it. I don't know if these people are going to be penalized for it. They would basically say, well, if you don't do the extra, you're not going to get promoted. I would be venture to say that these people are saying, hey, we're unionizing. We're, we're taking a stance against this type of abuse. But ultimately, ultimately, I think it's going to be a fail for the workplace and the economy because, and hear me out, this is good for the individual, but it's not good for the system. The system depends on you putting your back into it in some elbow grease, whether it's for yourself or for these corporations. Now, the corporations are going to crumble because they're eventually going to ha have to uh, hire more people to do just as much work as they did. Of course, they were taking advantage of people, but that's what's called a job, just over broke. But the system is ultimately going to collapse under this idea unless these people become innovative and entrepreneurial on their own. Now, we know that's not going to happen. I know that's not going to happen. What they're saying is we're not going to do as much work for you, and I'll work on my side hustle. 
their side hustle is going to collapse. Too many people sitting around watching Netflix, putting their hands in their pants. All right. Too many people fornicating. Too many people worried about dating and relationships. Um, ultimately, they don't have the competitive mindset of someone who is used to doing work all their lives. They're starting off not doing the work. Right. And eventually, yeah, the other corporations are going to figure it out. They're going to automate. They're going to automate, replace these people. And then it's going to be an easy slam dunk. Now, when these people want to come back to the system, because we know not every entrepreneur will be successful. And you'll be 30, 35, 40, and then you'll be like, hey, I'll come back and work in the system. Your job has been replaced. It's been automated. They will always find a way to replace you easily. So anyway, wow, I, you know, interesting stuff there. I think people ultimately are lazy. They don't want to do any work, but they want to get uh, uh, rewards. Did you? I read that article once, and I'll go on to the next point. I read that article that most college graduates believe they should be making seventy to $170,000 a year coming out of college. I read that article. I was like, what? And the fact that they're starting at 40, 45, 50, and which was a lot of money in my day, Pally, they're starting at 45, 50. They're like, hell no, this ain't going to do it. This ain't going to cut it. And so they're looking at other ways to make that work. The best part of it is social media has allowing these young people to make an infinite amount of money. And so a lot of people who take advantage of social media can make millions of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, if they're willing to put themselves out there. That could be YouTube. It could be OnlyFans. People can do it. So that's the best part of it. And they can do it very easily. Somebody said starting at 50. Yeah, not starting at 50, some 35. I don't know how you make it on 35K. Just depends on where you live. Okay. Um, What happened here? I was supposed to be, okay, I can't see it. All right, let's go into uh, what's going on here. Oh, by the way, that quiet quitting culture is definitely highly promoted on the woman side. There are some men doing it, but mostly women are doing it. Men automatically have an idea that they have to compete. Let me, let me just say this. A man that does want to be good in the dating marketplace, and he's listening to women raising their standards, how do you fall into quiet quit programming? You literally, you literally would have to say, well, I'm going monk mode. You literally have to say, well, forget it. I'm out. I'm out of the game. Because if you quiet quit and you don't have any way to replace the income, how do you compete in the dating marketplace where the women are like 80 grand a year? Nah, not, not good enough. Right? Even when you make 100 grand a year. Somebody says you tap out. Yep. Zero piece leave for you. You tap out. You go monk mode. Right? So this is the article, More Lonely and Single Men which is going to equal more lonely and single women. There are women right now that are sitting there going, I want a guy that makes a hundred grand. He needs to have this and that. Now you'll show up and you'll be like, here I am. And she'll look at your ass like this. <laughs> she'll look at your ass like, nah. Hundred grand, you make a hundred grand and you're like, yeah. I mean, more than 100 grand. She'll be like, <laughs> well, he ain't tall enough. Him not tall. Him got an ego. Him too old. Like, they want the perfect guy, right? He got to make 100 grand. He got to be 35 years old. He got to be built like He-Man. I'm always talking about older people. 
He got to be built like Chris Hemsworth. Him don't drive the car I like. Him don't spoil me. You're like, wow. Wow. It ain't enough. Him ain't thuggish enough. Him ain't masculine enough. Him too weak. Him ain't a simp. Him is a simp. Wow. Him got ego. Him think him too good. And I'm like, I literally make a lot more money than you. Yes. Him think him good. Let me just give you an idea right here. Now that we're talking about it, the dual mating strategy. Here's a woman here on the gram. Shout out to KT King posted this on Locals. Go check out Locals. Um, this is a, a relationship coach. Her name is her name is Zakia Monique. And she's talking about broke women who are wanting, uh, who are dissing broke men. We were just talking about this. And so this is the dual mating strategy right here. Let's listen to this. Says females who often make the statement that they don't date broke men are often broke or broken themselves. And I often, I am against broke dating for men and women. If you're dating as a broke woman, it's egregious. But let's go ahead and roll the film here. I know she looks not the best here, but let's go ahead and roll it. The first problem that I have with women or females that make this these types of statements is threefold. Number one, they often broke or broken. So if you're going to say, don't date a broke man, my question to you is, are you a broke woman? Mm. If you're going to say, don't date a broke man, my question to you is, well, are you a broke woman? Because it's often the ones that say, I ain't dating nobody broke or I don't mess with broke dudes. They're the ones that's broke. Now, this is absolutely true. It's a fact because most stragnishes, <laughs> okay, I'm just letting you know, they have seen hide nor hair of a working class man that's successful so a lot of their i won't date a broke man stems from i want a guy who's a rapper a scammer right that whole thing drug dealer or potentially a guy that can give me money and oftentimes this man has to also have available time right so not only can you be not broke you also have to have a lot of time to spend with her like you don't punch in nine to five like middle afternoon you can just be like oh let's go shopping for gucci and I'll just splurge on you. There was a girl that I had a conversation with on Seeking. She was very young. She was not. She was very good looking. All right. And she was like, well, and she was like a Puerto Rican Latina chick. She was like, I got real ninjas out here that are spoiling me. Now, she was good enough to get anybody. She was good enough to get anybody. Like, And I was like, oh, I ain't playing that game. She was like. And so they're they're getting after those type of men. But unfortunately, they're not exposed to a working class man that has the money that they want and he's not attractive because he doesn't have all time all day to smoke weed out with her and go to Gucci or Louis Vuitton store to spoil her. And this is the idea. I always say a lot of women that want a guy that makes a certain salary have never seen that guy. They've never even come close contact to a person like that. And I'm like, you don't even know what to do with a guy like that. But they think that this guy is going to be out here and he's going to be young, handsful, successful, handsome, successful, and he's going to have multiple vehicles. And then the guy shows up and she doesn't know what to do with that guy. I've been in situations with that, you know, dating younger women, not dating them, but you know what I mean? A lot of them are slipping and stuttering and stammering. They don't know what to do. They're uncomfortable. They shifting. Right? They're like, what am I doing? What do I do with this guy? Here he is. He has his own house. He has cars, allegedly. 
He has cars. He has a good career. He seems to be not having a problem financially. What do I do with this guy? He's confident. They don't know what to do. Because then they will revert back to what they're comfortable with is being with a ninja. I'll just go for the ninja. You ever hear a woman say that? I want a, I can't, I can't even say the word. I want a ninja that has money. They don't want a man that has money. They want a ninja that has money. So they can take advantage of him. Continuing on here. Because women that have structure, women that have their own, they're not saying I don't date broke men. That's a given. What's understood don't need to be explained. <laughs> All right. She going in on the straggle daggles. And it's not just the straggle daggles. We're talking about career women. Let's get into the dual mating strategy conversation here. It's not just the straggles. You have women, white, Puerto Rican, Latina, uh, Mexican, Mexican women that have at some point of their lives decided, you know what? I now want a man that's stable. I want a gentleman. Ladies, have you ever had that one? Or gentlemen, have you ever had that one where it's a woman who you know is low class? And of course, I'm a classes. You know it's a low class individual. But that individual will say, oh, remember the, the phase of the Idris Elba? Oh, Idris Elba. I want an Idris Elba in my life. Mm. Now, you know good and damn well, she wouldn't know what to do with an Idris Elba. You know, she ain't never been exposed to a gentleman like him. And he was supposedly out here in these streets. Was he out in these streets? I can't remember. You know, he can't get, she can't get no Idris Elba. You know, she can't get no Russell Wilson, but she's holding out hope that this guy will be there. What would she do? She would show up. I, I, I experienced this right now they, with, with younger women. I show up and I said, we're going to go to this place. It's a little upscale. This broad will come in with them high heels, with the damn straps around it all the way up to the ankle. No, that's hooker attire. You're wearing hooker attire. You're wearing nightclub attire. We're in a upscale establishment. We're in an upscale establishment. You look like a hooker. <laughs> They'll come in with the big ass stripper heels and you're like, ma'am. This is an upscale place. We don't wear that ratchet here. They don't know what to do. So they get themselves in front of a guy who, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to cross the line. I'm done with the pookies and the Ray Rays. I'm going to upscale. And fortunately, a lot of younger women are trying to do this, but they're just not ready. And you got to educate them. You got to sit them down. You got to teach them how to be, how to, how to have class. And if they buck, you get rid of them. Okay, you ain't ready to be taught. This is what I need you to do. Well, I know what men want. You know what men want. Because you've been dealing with men. This is a gentleman over here. You're dealing with class. You're dealing with a class. You're dealing with a classist over here. And I must instruct you on what you need to do. And if you buck, I'm replacing you. Uh, let's go ahead and play this clip. They're not ready. And not only are they not ready, they're not educating themselves to be ready. They think every guy wants a booty model. You know, she's standing there split, looking over her shoulder. Yeah, I, would, I want that, and I'll take you to the cheap motel and bang you out, throw the money on your forehead and leave. But I want to be spoiled. You can't be a hooker and get spoiled. Mm. Now, they're watching Cardi B do it, but not every guy who is of this echelon and of that class 
wants a Cardi B in public. He might want her in private, but he doesn't want that in public. And this is what women don't understand. Remember, you either love her or understand her. You can't do both. Let me play a video. Let me see here. And I apologize for the sound, but this is going to be of um of the of a young woman explaining the dual mating strategy. I showed you this once, but we'll show it to you again. Prepare your ear headphones. Prepare your headphones for this audio. It is a little distracting, but this one shows you the dual mating strategy, and we'll read an article about it. Here it is right here. Asshole or nice? Asshole. asshole. Okay. So the assholes always win, huh? Assholes always win. All right, so here's a plain Jane. All right, a skeeter. All right, a, 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 a skeezer. Obviously, you know, even if she dressed herself up, she'd be she'd be a six, right? There's nothing she could do. May possibly push in the six and a half. All right, the other one on the other side, she could possibly push a seven. But these girls have opened themselves up to assholes in 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 um in pookies or chads or whatever you want to call it early in their lives. And then later on, they'll claim to be a victim or he was a domestic abuser or whatever it is. The assholes win. The assholes win. Go ahead and uh, let's roll it. Uh, play it. Nice you guys. just want to be and treated like shit, huh? That, that's going to be a yes. Yep. Pluck them and chuck them. Yeah, I like to be degraded. Yep. I mean, listen, what we're explaining, I don't want you to be angry with. You're going to learn that this is just many of them. It's not all of them, but many of them. It's too many of them to even roll the dice on. But yes, let's go ahead and play it. Honestly, yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless it's a relationship. Uh-oh. Unless it's a relationship? Oh, you said the quiet part. You said the quiet part out loud, ma'am. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, ma'am. So what you're saying is when you're fornicating out here, and this is stuff, when you're fornicating, when you're wanting to get plucked and, and degraded and treated like by assholes, you want that type of lifestyle. But 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 when you don't, when you're ready to settle down and get into a relationship, you want it to be treated nice. Unless you're a simp. Unless I can benefit from you financially. This is then later on, they start saying, hey, you know what? I want to settle down. Don't you want to settle down? You're 30. I'm 30. Let's settle down. I'm 40. You're 40. Let's settle down. Can you believe this shit? Now, you don't realize this because you don't understand how women work. And this is a lot. This is a majority of the culture of Generation Z and millennials. Well, if it's a relationship, but women have always done that, we're going to show you. Asshole or nice? Asshole. Asshole. Okay. So the assholes always win, huh? Assholes always win. Nice you guys. just want to be treated like shit, huh? Honestly, yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless it's a relationship. Woo! And then when you don't commit relationship to them, what's wrong with these guys? They won't commit in the relationship. Something's wrong with these guys. These guys need to start committing. And because you're not committing, you're the bad problem. You're the problem. When they're ready to settle down, right? When they're ready to settle down, right? And that's you. Then they'll start saying that you guys need to step up. Or that goofy-ass psychologist will start saying, you guys need to learn dating strategies on dating apps and learn to embrace your emotional whatever the hell they want to talk about. 
And then when we say, well, these girls are in these streets, we don't want to marry them. They're used and abused. They go like, well, what's wrong with that? Right. Here's another uh, video here. Let me see here. Oh, wait a minute. That's not the video. Let's see here. We'll win it. All right. Let's let's play this video. Uh, here it is right here from these women. I hear these women are trashy, but let's, I'm just telling you, I'll always be on the Stragnesia, but it'd be the white girls too. We'll win in the end. You will win. So just keep holding on to the right girl. Comes nice on. guys always win. They oh. always win. If nice truly means nice, you had the wrong girl. Yeah. You might not win in your early twenties, but let me tell you, every girl will get sick of the games and the douchebags and nice guys will win they always win they always win. i want a nice guy okay i'm sick of the games like you saw i'm i shut it down like i'm not into it i want a nice guy the nice guy win a nice guys for three years it's not cool and then it's cool yes you will win in damn now these right here people are saying you know these are fives at best sixes at best these are the women who used to get wifed up you know, attractive women didn't get wifed up like that. They was always part of the, the the marketplace. You know, the the average at best women were the ones that knew I need to get wifed up. But now these women are here are not playing the wifed up game. They're like, we'll extend it around and I'll hope out for Chad. Of course, you'll win in the end. It, you may not win now, but in the end, after I've been ran through, after we're done with the games and done with the chads and getting piped down and doing all the nasty stuff. In then they'll say and that's you <laughs> will win in the end you will win so just keep holding out until the right girl comes nice on. guys always win they oh. always win if nice truly means nice you had the wrong girl yeah you might not win in your early 20s but let me tell you every girl will get sick of the games and the douchebags and nice guys will win they always win they always win. i want a nice guy okay i want a nice guy okay and that's you i want a nice guy now what happened? Where did all the men go? I'm sick of the games. Like you saw, I'm, I shut it down. Like I'm not into it. I want a nice guy. The nice guy win. A nice guys for three years. For, for three years, try 12 years. <laughs> for most 12 years. From 16 all the way to uh, 32. 16 years. Most guys. Uh, for three years, what are you talking about three? Three years post-college graduation? Most dudes be struggling. For, th for three years it's not cool and then it's cool yes you will win in the end you will win so just keep holding on to the right girl come will win it. just keep holding on keep playing the games keep waiting keep you're the good guy keep going on dates keep spending money recklessly keep keep trying keep cold approaching just keep 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 at it keep at it meanwhile she's smuggling salami she's having her fun she's in these streets, in these streets. she's having fun she's getting her bag and, run. Get my bag and run she's having all the fun she did she's She's playing the victim. It is all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. She riding the carousel. <laughs> she dating sugar daddies. She dating sugar daddies. And that's she you. She dating sugar daddies. Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independent. All right. And all that stuff. And then while she's doing that, you're approaching her and she's like, wait a minute. Who are you? All right. And then when she's tired. And that's you. What happened? Where did all the men go? This is the dual mating strategy. Now, when you think about some of the strategies that they use, let me show you a picture here. Let's see if I can stop share. We talk about the orbit, understanding what her, what her orbit is. Okay, hold on for a second. 
I've lost. Oh, you know why I was I I minimized the tab. All right, let's go ahead and go back up here. All right, I was like, where am I doing? Here's the tab right here. So this is again, you can love them or understand them. You can't do both. Understand that they keep men in their orbit, their friend zone, their play cousin, play cousin, their play brother, the homie that she went to school with. Okay, uh, her work husband, her friend at the gym her personal trainer, her workout partner, the dude that you don't have to worry about, right? These are all the men that she will keep in this orbit, her ex-boyfriend, her baby daddy. You're competing against these men. Her Chad boyfriend, her violent boyfriend, her boyfriend that is um, her first three or four boyfriends that imprinted her, right? These are all men that still play an active part in her life. They're still on her social media. She still has conversations with these men. Okay, or she holds a vet spe uh, special place. So this is all the dual or quadruple, however many mating strategies you want to talk about. Now, many uh, times you don't have this many people. Most uh, there's women are like men have these women too. Not most men, only probably 20, maybe 30, 25% of men. Most men are struggling out here. Women don't realize most men are struggling. The men that you deal with aren't struggling because obviously you're sharing these men. But most men aren't very successful in this dating endeavor. So with this being said, there are men like this in her friend zone or what you would call her orbit that are waiting for you to slip up. And she communicates with these guys very frequently through digital DMs, through WhatsApp, at work, at her school. Okay, there's always a guy ready to step in. Okay, and there's a guy dirty macking you too. Let's go ahead and give you this one right here. Um, here it is right here. Look at this article. This is a peer research article from Uni University of California, Los Angeles, also better known as UCLA. New, 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 new world order. All right. Um, it says right here, what do women want? Oh, we're going to get crazy here. It depends on the time of the month. I can't read this entire article, but you'll be shocked. And I talked about this yesterday that her ovulation basically in her hormones dictate how she's going to operate out in the world. Again, we're understanding women. We're not judging them. We accept this understanding and we act on this accordingly, but you can't fall in love with a person like this because they can change at the drop of a hat and they can pull the carpet from up under your feet and they can also bait and switch you. Here it is right here. Science again, uh, people, acknowledging women's biology, but we never acknowledge or accept men's biology. You know, whatever they can justify for women scientifically, they'll be like, yeah, oh, this is true. Uh-huh, yeah, we need to accept it. This is just science. This is just women. Now, when it comes to men and we say scientifically, we're not monogamous. No, no, we ain't accepting that. No, no, nope. You need to change that, whatever that is. I know they say it's sure in your science. It's in your DNA, but no. You need to do, you need to use your logic. And if you're in love, you need to have one woman. Forget that stuff about you wanting multiple women stuff. No, that I don't care about that science. That's junk science. Throw it away. But when it comes to their science, oh, we got to understand this. And this is a time of the month. And she's shifting and she's angry. She's this. This is just all brief old law. All right. And so they they set the standard of what's acceptable in relationships and men have to follow. And if you don't follow and play their goofy little game, then you're a misogynist, right? How dare you? Here it is right here. If she loves you, 
and then she loves you not. Don't blame the pedals on that daisy. Blame evolution. UCLA. New, 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 new world order. Researchers analyzed dozens of publications and unpublished studies on how women prefer a preference for mate changes throughout the menstrual cycle. Wow. Did you guys know this? This is all about understanding women. This isn't talking negatively about them. This is using scientific published data. Their findings suggest that ovulating women have evolved to prefer mates who display sexy traits such as masculine body types and facial features, dominant behavior in certain sense, but not traits typically desired in long-term mates. Wow, there's the, there's the science right here. And we see this. We know this. We acknowledge this. We call it alpha S beta bucks. We call it all kind of stuff. But here's the science behind it. Says right here, so desires for these masculine characteristics, which are thought to have been markers of high genetic quality in our male ancestors, don't last all month. Just the few days in the woman's cycle where she is most likely to pass on genes eons ago that might have increased the odds of her offspring surviving and reproducing. So the masculine man, the alpha man, if you will, the man that is that guy around ovulation, she wants that guy. All right, men are similar, but we kind of want slutty women all our whole life. <laughs> a woman in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. Well, this idea that uh, a woman will say this. Have you ever heard this? Oh, I'll never date a guy like that. That Andrew Tate is disgusting, right? And you'll look at her and be like, oh, she's an honorable woman. She'll never date an Andrew Tate. I hate that guy. He's a misogynist, that Andrew Tate. And you'll be like, okay, good. She's not attracted to him. He's tall, muscular, rich. She, would, she wouldn't date that guy. Now, she's saying that now. In private, you'll find out Andrew Tate got 10 toes up, her whole leg spread out like a field goal post, and he going. <laughs> Have you ever found that out to be the truth? You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, you said you didn't like that guy. Well, today. <laughs> today i'm letting him split me in half because now she's attracted to that guy he has the characteristics today that when she's not on her cycle ah now nah, i wouldn't do that i wouldn't deal with that guy that, that guy but then she's with that guy on certain times of the month and you're like whoa huh am i making sense and then he done done all the nasty stuff that she would never let you do have you ever been in that situation you're like, he defiled you for free. She just walked over there. She did the walk of shame back. Met you. Oh, I've been so busy this weekend. What did you do? Uh, You mean, who did I do? All right. Continuing on with this article. It says right here, quote, women sometimes get a bad rap for being fickle. This is a woman writing this. But the changes they experience are not arbitrary says Marty Hasselton, a professor of psychology and communication studies at UCLA. New, 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 new world order. And the paper's senior author. Quote, women experience intric uh, intricately patterned preferences, sorry, intricately patterned preference shifts, even though they might not serve any function in the presence. The findings will appear online this month in the Psychological Bulletin which is published by the American Psychological Association. Wait. 
New, 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 new world order. Uh, whether women's mate preference shifts at high fertility has been a source of debate since the late 1990s when the first scholarly studies to hint at such a change appeared. Since then, several papers have failed to replicate the earlier uh, studies' results, casting doubts on the hypotheses. Has uh, Let me see if I want to read all of this stuff here. Uh, I, I'm going to skip because the article is quite, quite lengthy. But um, it says, The strength of women's preference shift proves to be significant. Uh, just, oh, sorry, sorry. The, size, the strength of women's preference shift proved to be st statistically, statistically significant although small to medium in size relative to the most findings of the field. At a point of comparison, the size of the shift was statistically comparable to the difference, uh, differences researchers have found between men and women, self-reported number of heterosexual sexual partners. All right, so anyway, this, that not part is important here. The findings are, okay, let me go here. In a few since studies conducted so far, researchers asked women to smell T-shirts that had been worn by men with varying degrees of body and facial symmetry. According to a large body of research of many different animals, body and facial symmetry are associated with large body size, more pronounced sexual ornaments, and uh, better health, and suggesting that symmetry can be an indicator of genetic quality. Women prefer the odor of more symmetrical men when in the fertile portions of their cycle. Women preferred the odor of the more symmetrical men. They didn't even see the men. When in the fertile portion of their cycle, the ovulation cycle, very important part of their monthly cycle. The UCLA meta-analysis likewise showed a large shift in women's preferences for the body odor of symmetrical men, although more studies are needed to determine whether the effect is robust. Here we go right here. Hazelton, who is a who is based in the UCLA new, 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 new World Order. College of Letters and Science, is one of a handful of pioneers in research of behavioral changes of, at ovulation. One of her studies showed that women who prefer who are per, wait women who are partnered to men they view as less sexy. Women who are partnered to men who they view as less sexy are more likely to experience attraction to other men at ovulation than women who rate their male partners as very sexy. Okay, so let me just clear that up. I'll read it again just so you can see it. So this is the That's You Girl. And that's All right, you. These are the girls who get left, you know, they, they choose the stepdaddy. These are the women who get married late. Women who are partnered to men, they view as less sexy. So you're just a guy who you, you take care of your business. You're the provider male. You're the beta male. You, you win her over in the end. The nice guy wins in the end. So she doesn't view you as sexy. She just views you as, okay, you're a good man. You're stable, blah, blah, blah. But that same woman, when she experiences her ovulation, she's attracted to sexier men. As opposed to the woman who has the male sexy partner who she fell in love with, she'll rarely be attracted to sexy men because she already has a sexy man. Okay? You see what I mean? So this is the dual mating strategy. Just because she's with you and she married you and you're not attractive 
you're just the guy that got her at the leftover portion, you're the nice guy that won in the end, doesn't mean that you can't lose that woman. Because when it's time for her to be sexy, when it's time for her to ovulate, even if she's on birth control, she'll go out and find girls' nights out. Girls' nights out, vacation trips, girls' trip. You'll be paying the bill, and she'll be getting her cheeks clapped at ovulation attracted to the sexy guy because you're not the sexy guy. You're just the cleanup guy. And then you'll find out you paid the tab and she still gave up the cheeks. Okay, let me scroll down here. All right, the presence of shifts in sexual preferences among women may uh, generate debate, but shifts in sexual preferences and behavior are well-documented in mammals as diverse as rats and orangutans. For example, female chimpanzees are known to prefer, prefer to have sex with different males within the fertile phase than they uh, prefer outside of the phase. So when their fertility, fertility is high, when they're actually going to be in ovulation, they'll have several men. Then when they're out of ovulation cycle, they will ramp down. This is kind of like being in heat. This also explains why a woman in a in a ovulation cycle that might last two days at best, maybe three, will have multiple sexual partners, and there'll be a DNA discrepancy. She'll say, I think you're the father, or you're definitely the father, and you find out you weren't the father. Why? Because when her ovulation increases and her cycle increases, she gets to the fertility part, she will have multiple partners in that small window. This is all biology. Again, you can either understand women or love them. When they're down on their cycle, they finish their bleeding cycle, they will come back out of that, and they won't be, have that sexual arousal. They'll be like, all right, I'm just a different human being. And this article is explaining this. Uh, this is all. This article is explaining this. They'll come back out of that, and they'll have less fertility. They'll have less ovulation, less chance of getting pregnancy, and you won't hear from them. You ever have that? The woman's like, oh, I need you now. I want you. She'll come over. You'll clap the cheeks. And then the next week and the week after that, you won't hear from her. It'll be crickets. Like, Damn, where did she go? You text her. You'll be like, you want to come over? She'll be like, nah. <laughs> eh, I'm not feeling good. I'm busy. I got work. I got stuff to do. I got to study. And you'll be like, why? Why is she tripping? Why she go cold on me? Her cycles decrease. This article's proving it. This article is proving it. And she'll go back with her man. She'll go back with her boyfriend. And the boyfriend will have to go through all these hoops and hurdles to get one or two pieces of sex from her. And then her fertility will ramp up again. Her ovulation will increase. This article's proving it. And then guess what? She'll be back there. In these streets. She'll be at the club. She'll be shaking her ass. She'll be cheating. She'll have multiple men. Then she comes back. Then it's hot. Have you ever, dude, I just had this, uh, this morning, I woke up to a text to a girl I saw two and a half, maybe almost three weeks ago. I had, I had her, didn't hear from her. And I don't chase and I didn't check in. I did, I did my aftercare. I didn't hear from her. Three weeks later, here she is again, checking in. Hey, I know, here it is, it's time. <laughs> she didn't clear it out the cycle of her, her aunt flow. It's all gone now. She had a week to recover. 
And now she's back. Her, her fertility level is increasing again. And here she comes. Okay. And if anybody disagrees with my interpretation, here's the article that proves it. It's like clockwork. And rent is due. I need to get that rent's due mf -er quote. And rent is due. Rent is coming up. It says right here. Uh, until the past decade, we all had notions that the human female sexuality was radically different from sexuality in all of those other species that, unlike other species, human female sexuality was somehow walled off from reproductive hormones, said Hasselton. Then a set of studies emerged that changed conventional wisdom. One hypothesis for why a mate preference shift occurs is that it may be due, uh, maybe an evolutionary adaptation that served our ancestrals' reproductive interests long before modern medicine, nutrition, and sanitation dramatically reduced infant and child mortality rates. Okay, let's go down here. Let's go down here. It says right here in our past work, Hazelton, is it Hasselton? Hasselton also, uh, also has proposed the hypothesis that being torn between two types of mates may reflect powerful underlying adaptations. According to this, quote, dual mating hypothesis, in certain circumstances, ancestral women uh, would have been driven to uh, pursue kindness, reliability, and resources, so-called good dad traits, as well as sex appeal and a masculine personality, sexy cad traits, even if both sets of qualities didn't come in the same package. Here it is. There it is. I'm giving you the research. The research is saying this, even ancestral. So when you when we go out in the world and women say, no, 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 no. Here it is right here. The research is telling you this. Now, you believe in the research, coach? Yeah, I'm believing it because I see it. And I've experienced it on both sides. I've been the dude that was in love and damn, how did this happen to me? And I've been the guy on the other side where she's like, all right, my boyfriend is away. I'll come over. He's a little bit boring. He ain't giving me what I want. I'm going to come over, let you smash the cheeks, and I'm going to go home. Somebody says somebody else coached it, uh, covered this. Shout out to everybody. Um, let me see here. So you said this right here. I'll read that again because I butchered it. According to the dual mating hypothesis in certain circumstances, ancestral women would have been driven to pursue kindness, reliability, and resources, the so-called good dad traits, as well as sex appeal and a masculine personality, sexy cad traits, even if both sets of qualities didn't come in the same package. Oh, boy. Let me see here. Ancestral women would have benefited reproductively, reproductively from selecting partners with characteristics indicating that they'd be good co-parents, such as being kind, as well as characteristics indicating that they possess high genetic qualities, such as having masculine faces and bodies. Hasselton said, women could have had the best of both worlds, securing paternal investment from the long-term mate, a.k.a. the stepdaddy, and high genetic qualities from affair partners, a.k.a. Pookie, Chad, Ray Ray, Tyrone, who produced the, chi the child. But only if those affairs were timed at a point of high fertility within the cycle, and probably only if the affairs remain undiscovered. Woo! 
So even at the same time, this is the DNA test. This is the paternity fraud. I can get the high genetic qualities and I can also get the long-term mate, dual mating strategy. And it says right here, either way, either way, Hasselton, these are two women in Gildersleeve, pause, not even pause, firmly believe in the value of shedding light on this preference shift. I agree too. I agree too. We should actually shed light on this so we can be in understanding of women, not in love with them. When you're in understanding, you can anticipate these things. And when it happens, you're not as angry, right? Quote, if women understood, wait, if women understand the logic behind these shifts, it might better inform their sexual decision making so that if they notice suddenly that they're attracted to the guy in the next cubicle at work, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a great long term partner. Hasselton said they're just experiencing experiencing a fleeting echo from the past. Wow, that is fantastic. If you want the source of this article. This article's from 2014, by the way. So don't hit me with the, well, times have changed. All right. <laughs> They're even going back to the ancestors. They're going back and tracing this to ovulation and cycles and how women are fickle. Like you think they're fickle because you're in love with them. And you're like, how could you? But the biology is explaining it. When I tell you more women expose more flesh when they're in their ovulation cycle than when they're not. When they're Outside of their ovulation cycle, they're more likely to cover up. When they're in their ovulation cycle, they're more likely to dress more promiscuously. Not only that, they're more likely to wear light-colored clothing to attract the mate, to signal, hey, this is my... They actually signal their fertility subconsciously. They signal their fertility subconsciously. This is how we've been able to have 7 billion, almost 8 billion people on the earth. This is a subconscious, animal, instinctive, relationship that we're having here unfortunately we put puritan monogamy standards on top of this and the idea why would i cheat you can trust me no no from man to woman from woman to man we're just doing instinctive stuff to protect our survival right to protect our offspring it is what it is when you understand it you're not you're no longer upset about these issues this could help your red pill rage I'm going to put this here, this link to the article right there. Okay. He says, so you see class, a hoe could be anybody. Oh, that too. So even a good woman could fall for this thing. Oh, I just fell on his salami and I don't know what happened. Well, those ideas, when you understand the science behind it, you can understand how it happened. And it probably happened around her peak fertility and ovulation. And the science is going to bear that out. Or you'll say this woman was a nice woman. She was a plain Jane. I married her. She was a good wife. And um, I took care of the kids. I took care of my responsibilities. And she still cheated on me. Why? Here it is right there. Dual mating strategy. She had a kid outside of my wedlock. How about a woman who has a baby with the NBA basketball player? And she then says it's stepdaddy season. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's stepdaddy season now. Why does she say something like that? She has the she has the child from the offspring. Wait, she has the offspring from the mate that she wanted, who represented the male char characteristic. But now she wants stability. This is why she could say, "I like the assholes 
But and when I'm in a relationship, I want this. Mm. All right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I know people don't agree with me all the time, but shit. I literally showed you what up. All right. Anyway. Can you be mad at me? Can you be mad at me for this? I show you. I show you. All right. Shout out to Future in the building. Future's here. He says she belongs to the street. He says, Coach, even the shuffle guy has a suit on. Dude, this is this is what we're telling you guys. Um, when you talk about the degradation of society that people don't even treat themselves with respect, even the shuffle guy has a suit on. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you gonna do? Everybody got a suit. People didn't come out of the house looking reckless and sideways. Today, not so much. Is that a positive or a negative? Because, listen, I take advantage of it, too. (laughs) We got a sponsor today, Billy the Kid. He says, this generation entitlement. I agree. He says, I blame millennial parents who let their children do the bare minimum and rewarding them for it. So that's participation trophy culture. Yeah. Parents telling their kids that they are special and that they're going to be someone someday. Well, reality hits when they get into the workforce and they realize they're not special at all and they are not that they are replaceable. They are replaceable. This takes a mental toll on them. Wow. That's actually matter of fact. So when you go into the real world, uh, people warned about that culture, you go into the real world, people going to slap your ass with reality. You aren't special. What separates you from the next, you know, the pencil and paper pushing jobs and these little titles that they keep changing and your secretary, your executive assistant, now, now, all of this stuff is just fake rewards for doing bare minimum. And he also says, also, this new generation doesn't understand what it's like to compete. Hence, sports, school, workforce, dating market. Wow, that's actually true, too. They never had the mindset growing up, so they easily are willing to bow out and step away, LOL. He says, I call it the great resignation. And people have tried to call these things certain things great resignation. I think people don't want to compete. Even in the dating marketplace, people don't want to compete. Men and women. Men and women. People are like, where's my mate? Women are like, where's my man? Where's my good man? Where's the dude that's going to spoil me? Outrageous. And men are going, where's all the women at? Where are all my hoes at? Why these hoes ain't giving up the cheeks? Billy the Kid ends it off. This article is on point. I've been on both sides of the situation. And only until you've been on both sides can you understand it. If you've only been on one side, you'll never get it. I had one 22-year-old who would always send a video of her playing with herself around the same time every month asking me to come through. I knew she was ovulating. (laughs) He says he was. All right. I had a 25-year-old who would only see me when she was on her period. Uh, I caught wind of it. After two months and I ended it. Price is wrong sound. He says, um, a year later, I saw her on the people's court suing the co-worker. And the co-worker said she was getting clapped by her 19-year-old son. Not her son, but the co-worker's son. At the same time, I was seeing her. Yep. In this culture, when it comes to sex, with when it comes to sex and how women treat themselves and all that stuff, Dude, it's wide open out here. It's wide open. You can get you can get it how you want it. 
And uh, all you got to do is find your trade-off. What are you willing to trade off? What are you willing to deal with? There's not going to be a perfect scenario, right? And whatever you want to do in terms of if you want women to really cherish you and appreciate you and all of that stuff, it's going to be a hard fight for you. But some point you'll find your lane and it works for you. And I don't criticize you either way. But if you say it's the perfect scenario, I, I don't agree with you. Whatever it is, even my scenario, even how I operate, it's not for everybody. There's trade-offs to it. There's something. There's some things that I miss. But I'm willing to miss it, though. But some men aren't willing to miss that part, and you're like, but what about this? Well, I'm willing to let that walk. You know what I mean? I'm like, is I'm willing to let that walk, and it doesn't affect me 95% of the time. Sure, 5% of the time, it might affect me. But I'm willing to let it walk. All right. Not a lot of men can do that. Shout out to Nathan. Nathan H. Mr. Great Fox. He says, hey, coach, just had a last meeting with the judge officially divorced as. All right. Shout out to you. And he's screaming. Let's celebrate for him. Um, Wait, he he hit. He, he was here. Let's celebrate. He's got he's winning the day. All right. He finally divorced, man. He's got it done. Last meeting with the judge. He's winning in life. Indeed. Give him a round of applause. Hey, uh, brothers, what I was saying. Oh, you want me to, somebody said, you want me to pop, lock, and drop it? Pop, lock, and drop it? All right. Hey, one thing that he's going to have to understand is that it's just beginning. It's just beginning. So with that being said, the the it, many if you have children and you get divorced and the, ju the uh, judge signs off on the divorce, oh, the games ain't over. Reindeer games are about to continue. All right. Mm. Hopefully you don't have kids. <laughs> okay. You can walk away from the broad. But if you still have kids, she got a whole set of games that she waiting to unleash on your ass. All right, shout out to Mr. Uh, J.H. Shabazz. He says, support black business coach in Detroit. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm. Oh, no. oh, man. Oh, my God. I'll support the I'll support the Boom Boom Room. I'll go back and support the Boom Boom Room. Shout out to J.H. Uh, Shabazz. Also says, Andrew Tate is on Truth Social. All right, I might have to get over there, but all these all platforms, it's hard for me to. I'll be shuffling trying to keep up. Cordova, Mr. Cordova says the roast beef looked nasty at the gym. Yeah, man, I don't know, man. It's one of those things. You know, some people like the roast beef. You know, nasty boys, y'all be like. <laughs> oh, man, let me stop. I be trying to keep these streams from getting age restricted. and They just come on over. I'll be like, anyway. Hmm. Yeah, once you know how it got there, then you don't want to know. Shout out to, uh, hey, we got a sponsorship. Another one, man. Shout out to the sponsors. You guys are very important to the show. Everybody's important to the show. Even if you do, because some dudes do little every day. Some dudes drop their wallet. Some dudes do a big sponsorship. You guys are all important because there's a lot of guys, probably 90% of the watchers that don't contribute at all in a financial way, but they hit the like button at least. There's some people coming here to hate. But shout out to you. But everybody's important here. So if you can't sponsor or if you can't contribute, there are brothers that are doing it for you. 
He says, shout out to the junior college fund coach, CGA. Save me. You save, wait. Save me 24 Vegas uh, for the week. I saved you for 24. I saved you 24, uh, 20-year-old Vegas for the week. I'm not sure what that means, but shout out to you. Guys, it's wide open out here, boy. If you are ever an old man and they said, these young girls don't want you, sheesh. These young girls got bills to pay. They got books to buy. I'm a full-time nursing student. They got books. They ain't got no daddies. <laughs> they daddies are boomers and generation Xers who are broke and poor, and they invested all their money in the housing market that had collapsed two and three times already. Dead up to their eyeball generation X mothers. These girls is hungry out here. Rent due. They got roommates that need their portion of the rent. Man, it's a great time to be a free agent, man. People be like, you ain't getting no women. Are you crazy? Yeah, they got to get hair, nails, the hose, clothes, cars, shoes, gas prices up the right. Come on, man. These girls need these girls need a little chain. And they coming over serving. So if you're an old guy and you're sitting there like, man, it's hard out here, bro. There's a there's a. And I don't have to do nothing, baby. I don't have to do nothing. All right, hold on for a second. Where's the girls doing that rent? The rent shuffle. All races, jet sizes, whatever you want out here. It's like a damn Amazon trip around here. They be sitting around like, hey, baby. <laughs> and guys, they doing this. Look at the look on her face. Look at the look on her face. They know that. Ladies, I just ate. Hey, ladies, let me tell y'all something. I'm going to ask y'all a question. I'm going to ask y'all a question. Are there women in the house? How many of you know? I know that you guys are going to lie. How many of you know at least one woman that's doing something like this? I'll wait. I'll wait. Let's go ahead and put on the song. Let's go and put on the song. Women, chime in. I know you're watching. There's like three of you watching right now. I know one. We're just, he said crickets. Oh, Nakia, where you been? Nakia. Oh, Nakia. She's that, she's always, you. it's always got to be you. I don't know any. Nakia bougie, she'd be like, come on, Nakia. I knew a girl named Nakia. I guess you could say she was. Well, maybe it's you. Nakia, it's you. I know what it is. I don't know any because it's you. Wait. And that's you. Nakia always got to be the one. All right, let me show you a picture of Nakia and her friends real quick. Let me show you her right here. This is because your friends are, this is, this is your friends right here. They, they may not be doing it, but they got Pookie and Chad. And every year I'm going to do better. <laughs> All right. Nikia always in here. I'm the exception to the rule, not I. So this is Nikia's friends right here. That's because they are not doing that. They got Pookie and Ray Ray that they be running to. 
Oh my goodness. At the end of the year, they'd be like, New Year, new me, stepping over the last stepping stones. And then by the by three weeks into the new year, they back at Pookie's house. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. And Nikia, where you at? Don't be mad. Where's Nikki at? You mad? Yeah, she mad. She didn't disappear. She scattled out of skedaddle. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll be good to you. Just be good to me. Did you hear ever Patrice O'Neill break down the just be good to me song? I'll have to do that. Let me get to these chats and I may do that two hours. Oh my goodness. Shout out to the dictator. Pause. It's that Mrs. Uh, the diet don't work the same. Is that Mrs. Diet don't work the same? No, that wasn't her. Oh, you cold blooded. She's actually was on our side this time. I think I closed the tab. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. I did. She's still there. Ooh, she's not pleasant to look at. Moose Hefner, he says, women are quiet, quitting relationships and marriage. Yeah, they are. They are. Guys, marriage is a dying institution. I know people are still doing it. You live in Kansas. I get it. You know what I mean? You live in places where hustle is low and you won't have any other option. Maybe you're a guy that has no other options out here. Right. You know, I'll just be with my wife and you'll be slapping her bellies, belly slapping after 10, 15 years. There's guys that live in marriages and they're like, well, I'm married, coach. I mean, how many times have you touched your wife? Like touched her? Like, I'm going to touch all over you. How many times? How many times have you sucked her toes? How many times have you how, how many times have you kissed her before you've been with her in bed? Very few. Like a kiss. Not no. And then went straight to it. How many times have you made out passionately on the couch and you've been married for more than six years? Low. But I'm married. Low. Low times you've just been sitting there. Let's make out. <laughs> like, let's make out like we're on a second date. Mm. Yeah, man. He says, not the goldfish kiss. You'd be like, all right, lay down. She already naked laying in the bed. All right, hurry up. Hop on. And she's not drunk. How many times have you made out with a sober wife? <laughs> right? You'd be like, it's Thursday, baby. You know what time it is. Oh, damn. Is it Thursday? Shit, I didn't even get drunk yet. Let me go get three glasses of wine. Yeah, she got her bonnet on. She got that face cream on. Oh, you want some? You still want some? And I got my face cream and bonnet. Yeah, just roll over. Don't take so long. And don't skeet on the sheets. She ain't jumped in the shower or nothing. You be like, well, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, man. There's people, plenty of people in marriages just like that. And they don't even know any different. And when they come to my show, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm married. I have a successful marriage. And I'm like, I know what your marriage looks like. Come on, man. I know what it looks like. I can see you. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at both of you guys. Both of you guys are out of shape. Both of you guys are sloppily and slovenly. You're barely pushing through life. And you're trying to prove that because you're married for a period of time that you're disproving what I'm talking about. You might as well be divorced. Mm. That ain't no damn successful marriage that people want to hang their hat on. You guys can't even stand each other's presence. Half the time. And if you have children, young children, under eight, 
and you have multiple children under eight, I don't want to hear it, bro. You ain't touching each other. You're not getting it in. You ain't blowing out backs. You ain't doing nothing. And if you're both out of shape with underage kids, forget about it. You're doing nothing out here in the marital game. Zip. You're not the portrait of successful marriage at all, by far. Not even close. And I know this because I've been around married people and I was married. So it not just it didn't just happen to me. It happened to all married folks. And all married folks will have this conversation with each other. Oh, well, you know. They'll all admit this stuff. They'll all admit it. When they're sitting around, all in marriage counseling, all in the church counseling, all at the bull, the, the pastor telling you, you better, wives, y'all better sleep with your husbands. Oh, I don't want to give him any. So I don't want to hear the BS. Where are we at here? Frodo Bagum Young says, can you put the last NYTS sermons to podcast? Which one? I thought I put them to podcast. Let me check. I got to check what's going on over there. Over here. Okay. Some people, that's some, a couple people have already said I haven't put my podcast up. All right. Let me check here. And then we'll try to see if I can find Patrice O'Neill. Uh, we got uh, King J. King J Jaffy Joe. King Jaffy Joe is in the building. Thank you, brother, for your cash app. Let me check. Okay. Uh, Venmo wasn't Liddy today, but it's okay. And then let me check PayPal. Billy the Kid, double sponsored. And uh, he's good here. So um, let's play the song, Just Be Good to Me. Uh, let me see if Patrice. No, I can't play it. I can't play it because maybe he did the lyric breakdown. So a lot of you guys have been. Um, on this side of relationships, just be good to me. Just be good to me. I'm going to see if I can find this fair use. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the black. Let me see. Oh, no, 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 no. So he's playing the song. So uh, shout out to Patrice O'Neill. So I won't be able to play it because he is playing the song. But look up the song, Just Be Good to Me. Um, I want to see if I can read the lyrics. Just be good to me. Lyrics. Maybe I'll do my own version of it. Uh, here it is right here. This is what happens to the woman who then find later turned into the. And that's the song you. is by the SOS band. All right. The song is by the SOS band from 1983. Yeah, I'll get a copyright. So Patrice O'Neill, the genius himself, did a show on this one. But I'm going to break down the lyrics. And this is how they start off the relationship with the bad guys. And then they end up later on that shoot. It says, friends tell me that I'm crazy and I'm wasting time with you. You'll never be mine. And it's it's not the way I see it because I feel you're already mine whenever you're with me. People always talking about your reputation. I don't care about your other girls. Just be good to me. This was a song in 1983. Of this dual mating strategy of the women, women are attracted to men that have other girls. I'm I have situations now where I know these women know that I do other girls. I, I they don't care. Just be good to me. She says it right here in the song. I don't care about your other girls. Just be good to me. Ooh-wee. Friends are always telling me you're a user. I don't care what you do to them. Just be good to me. 
<laughs> All right. You may have many others, but I know when you're with me, you're all mine. Friends always seem to listen to the bad things that you do. You never do them to me. Ooh-wee. People always talking about your reputation. I don't care about your other girls. Just be good to me. I wish I could sing it. Friends are always telling me, okay, so they, they just repeat it. They just repeat it. All right, but anyway, I'm not the jealous type. I won't tie you down. When you need me, I'll be around. I'll be good to you. You'll be good to me, and we'll be together. Be together. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Just be good to me. I wish I could sing it right here. It says right here. People always talking about your reputation. <laughs> anyway. So a lot of times, guys, you guys think they're looking for this monogamous type of lifestyle. Women in general typically know they're sharing the top tier men. Have you ever been with this situation? A woman will say, I had the boyfriend, but I found out he was cheating on me with four other women. Does she leave that man? Nope. She's not leaving that dude. She's not leaving that dude. And then uh, six months later, you'll be like, did you leave that guy that you found cheated on you with four other women? Nope. No, I'm still with him. And you're like, what? Now, let you let you be out here a monogamous guy, a good guy. You're the good guy. You're the that's you guy. And that's you. And you're the stable economy, economic guy, but you're not the sexy guy. You're not the Pookie Tyrone. And you led with, I'm not talking to any other, any other women. I'm only focused on you. I'm committed to you. You're mine. Do not cheat on me. I won't cheat on you. And you're not sexy. You're, you're not the masculine man. And you cheat on her. She'll divorce, grape you to kingdom come. I ain't putting up with this. Hell no. Divorce, grape. Here it is. We're going to do this, and I'm keeping your kids away from you. You'll never see me again. You'll never see a picture of your kids at school again. I'm leaving you. Give me half. Take the house. This is how it works. You either love or understand you can't do both. All right. So I believe I'm going to check all the cash apps to make sure I got everybody. Appreciate all the support. Yep. We got everybody cleared over on cash app. We got everybody cleared over on Venmo. And we should have everybody cleared over on PayPal. Yes, we did. All right. Appreciate the support. We'll be back this evening. Slow Tuesday style. So we're going to leave you with your favorite slow Tuesday. Um, give me a second to pull it up. We'll leave you with your favorite slow Tuesday. I know what your Tuesday's going to look like right here. All right. Cause it's a little bit slow. Mine's going to a little bit, mine's looking junior college, but here it is right here. What's the question? What's your body count? What? What's your body count? Body count? 260. I'm not going to lie. No, not your, your body count. What do you mean? How many? Oh, no, she's way more lightweight than I am. Ma'am, how many bodies have you had sex with? Oh, no, I can't count that. <laughs> no, I cannot. Let's just say it's more than the 10 fingers, okay? Ooh-wee! My friends overcharged me, says, speaking of R&B songs that talk about this, DVSN had a song called If I Get Caught that tells it from a Chad perspective, all right? I'm, I might have to check that out. All right. Shout out to the coach gang. Appreciate the support. We out of here. Peace.
Let's leave you with somebody here. I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs and I just, I'm just using it. All I got to do is put my card in and that's it. And put the pin number and boom, money just comes right out.